All right, you guys, let's listen up. All right, we got a special pod. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's so special. Never done before. You're going to like it. Two quick offers here. One, we've got, let me see here. This is fresh off the presses. 25% off anything. What? How could that be? It's that simple. 25% off anything. And what can you buy? Anything. Well, what are some of the possibilities? College football, for example. Steve Fezzik, the best guy last year? Huh? So Fez is at the top of the college football pros, up 44 units. What was that, over how many years, Fez? One. One year, 44 units. Kaboom. Ka-ching. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what did Jim Cramer say? Kablooey. Wait a minute. Remember when George Costanza, remember when Seinfeld said, down is up, up is down. Uh, like uh, George was spotting like squirrels or something with his, remember what I'm talking about? AJ's the, the best NFL handicapper amongst the pod, and Fez is the best college amongst everyone at pregame. Down is up, up is down. <laughs> Amazing. We got Steven Nover up almost 30 units last year. A.J. Hoppin says, yeah, that's cute. I'm up 66 units the last four seasons. You think, hmm, that's pretty damn good, right? You add it up, it's more than one unit on average a weekend, just college football, for half a decade almost. That's pretty good, Fez. You bet 500 a game, you make $500 every week. And that's the history. And as we know, we know it's not a guarantee of future results. I heard that on TV once. <laughs> But, damn, if there's anything that's going to help you predict the future, it's the past. But you can really get 25% off anything. By the way, college football does kick off Saturday. Is it Saturday? Is the first game? Saturday. No Thursdays? No Thursdays. Not this week. Dublin. All right. Now, you guys, you guys in the second pod or the second episode of Talking Some College, right? Yep. And And you already did. The weekly, now every week now, you're going to have your college preview. That's going to typically come out Tuesday. Yeah. Now, Fez, next week we're moving to Wednesday, right? We are. All right. So Tuesday next week will be the taping, release Wednesday morning college. Then we release our NFL Thursday morning like we always do during the season. So good job getting that out early. We got the uh, baseball pod. How was it this week? Really good. We got a play coming up for tomorrow's games. Your co-host is? Former Major League pitcher Josh Towers. And Yankee, right? Eight-year big, eight-year career ended with the New York Yankees World Series ring, two thousand nine. Damn! Did he wear his ring? No. Faz is thinking about wearing his Super Contest rings around his neck. Like <laughs> he Mr. said, he's a little embarrassed about the ring. Like no, he didn't, he didn't. He did. He said he didn't feel like it was uh, earned. Totally earned. Huh? Josh Towers. Josh oh. Towers. Not me. Not Fez. Fez, yeah, like, Fez said they should have given me two rings. <laughs> I mean, I was like looking around trying to say, where am I? <laughs> down is down. Down is up. Up is down. That's a, that would have been. Lordy be. All right. So how do you get 25% off of anything? Well, how do you do it? Oh, coupon code is thanks25. And I like that. The season's getting ready to roll. Football's actually starting. And we're saying, we're not asking what you can get. It's almost like Kennedy. Ask not. <laughs> we're thanking you. It's thanks 25. That's all one word. It's plural. Thanks 25. That's a two and a five. 25 bucks off or 
off of anything. And if you're buying a subscription, that's going to be potentially hundreds of dollars saved. Now, Fez, you didn't think part two. You didn't think he let go his great college football run. It's Beat Fezzik College Football Contest. 500 cash first prize. There's a $500 cash bonus. What the hell? Fezzik earned, oh, here it is again, 44.9 units in college football. Can you beat that? Now, that's the beauty of it. You could hit 51% and win this contest. Most likely not because there will be a lot of entrants. But there's whatever the winner is, they get their 500 that's half a thousand. It's a nickel. But if you beat Fezzik at the same time, it's a bonus. You get a nut, you just double your win. It's a free roll, Fez. Good luck. <laughs> That's a thousand in cash. You can enter starting now. It's free. You just go to pregame.com, click on contest. And remember, when you're there, the super contest simulation, or we call it like the super contest, is up and it's got. 1500 in prizes plus uh, in cash plus other prizes. I mean, I don't know where all this money's coming from. I hope they're deducting your check, Fez, because this this is piling up. They're taking out out of McKenzie's. I I was told. Is that right? <laughs> Double all prizes. <laughs> now, McKenzie's actually a generous fellow. I don't know if he you is. know that. He comes up in the pot. <laughs> so, two contests including Beat Fez Thousands of dollars of cash available. And all you got to do is make picks. It's fun. And you can tell your buddies, look how good I did. No, you didn't. It's documented at pregame.com. And thanks, 25. That's 25% off of anything. It gets real from here, boys. College football starts. This, though, an NFL pod you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Speaking special edition. Why? Because it is a new... Idea. We knew most of you coming in, we were going to have a big over under pod, one of two, the AFC this week, the NFC next week. You might think, we've heard it before. It's going to be good, though. It's going to be good. You might be thinking, but we've heard it. And it hit me today. I was eating a little cereal. I had a little peanut, I take peanut butter balls and crumbling up in there, two of them. And then I had some uh, frosted. Is it frosted mini wheat to the ones that are like, it looks like a little loaf? Yep, yep. Yeah, I like those. I never ate those as a kid, but I eat those. And a little bit of whole uh, fat, or what do you call it, whole milk, yeah. right? Oh, that's good. You don't put your cereal in the freezer the night before? No, but I actually have, huh, never heard of that. But Delicious. I actually have a bowl that you put in the freezer. Same and thing. And it comes out cold. Yeah. Never heard of either of that. Oh, you ever, I'm, you I'm the biggest drink, cereal connoisseur there is. You ever drink... Well, no, Jerry, I think Jerry Seinfeld is. I'll, give him, he a, a I'll give him a run for his money. <laughs> now, same seven boxes every year. Did you know about? Did you know about copper? That if you uh, drink your like soda with ice in a copper cup, how good it is? No, but is that the theory behind a Moscow Mule? Uh, it, it makes them colder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like cold. A little copper mug. All right. So anyway, it hit me, and here it is. We're not going to have a lot of rigmarole. Here it is. We're going to have two teams. The elder statesman, probably of the world at this point, of the NFL, Steve Fezzik, and the young buck, an NBA expert, NFL, eh, McKenzie on a team. And then we got this straight out of Vegas AM crew, and you might think, oh, they're the big underdogs. Well, maybe. 
because we do have two super contests with Fez. Mackenzie spent many a Saturday night down at the super contest submitting picks, but also a Yale graduate, not to mention the NBA expertise. You might think, how's these two going to compete? Except last year, AJ had the number one record. What was that record? It was 39-18 on five, four, and three-star plays on the 39 and 18. So if you double 18, that's 36 or so, right? Yeah. So that means you're better than 66.6%. I was. Wow. Fez, that's a good year. Phenomenal. It was right here in front of everyone. Now, you would think at a certain point when you've had so much acclaim, like, I mean, like you're so big when you lose bets, they talk about it, <laughs> right? They had a big feature in ESPN when you <laughs> lost a bet. I mean, that's big, right? Usually people have to win. I don't even think Billy Walters gets attention for losing bets. Somehow you did. How much was that again? 80000 And it was on what? Purdue. And a 16 going down? Yeah. And no, I, no, the 16 did not go down was the problem. The one went down. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, is that the Virginia loss against it? So this was the second, second time? Second time, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be happening more lately. Two Do you have a model that has like the 1985 Georgetown team two, in there? Yes, yeah, two and 156. <laughs> and some might argue it should have been three because Princeton and Georgetown were tied late. Yes. Was that 85 or 84? I think that was the year before they won it. Or, well, no, they didn't win it against Villanova. What a game that was. Whew, they were shooting the lights out. But anyway, Fez, you would think he wouldn't have any problem with someone else getting a little attention. You think he'd say, hey, maybe it takes a little pressure off. No. It's, it, you, in a way, you're like Trump like that. Trump wants attention no matter what it takes. Would you rather lose a bunch and get attention or break even and get no attention? Which will increase my sales more? <laughs> so you're saying with the net victory in the lot. Well, it matters what time horizon we're looking at. Yeah. All right. But but it's funny because every time I mention AJ's great year, again, what was the record? 39 and 18. You sure? 39 and 18. That's at least. On five, four, and six, three stars. Yeah, 67%. That's the three biggest picks. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think you'd be happy, but it seems like you get, you look like the baby that hates little Maggie Simpson. You know how there's that competition? You look like that. Like your eyebrows start doing funny things. What's that about? No, I'm a happy baby. Not only that, like. I'm a happy, have you happy baby. This? I see the look, but like you and Fez are the ones who, like my, my first two years or my first year here, you guys basically, I was at the school of RJ and Oh, Fez. so you're saying, oh, that's interesting. Boy, that, 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 that almost has. That, no, I actually think it makes me mad. Well, well, what? The implication was someone to win. No, the implication was that somehow that his lucky year. Did I say it like that? His um randomness, his high random picks. Somehow that he learned everything he had to learn from us, and he took it to the next level. Was the implication? Mm, That's not the implication. Well, then you don't know everything I know. I don't. So you learned some stuff from me, and you won. So how could that be? It's either luck or you somehow know more. I mean, Uh again, the likelihood that I'm going to win every year is... Every year. I thought he was going to say the likelihood of me ever winning again, but he says every year. So you're thinking what you think is unlikely is you won't win every year. I think that I like if I were to win with this group, if I were to win one out of every five or six years, I would feel very good about that. Okay, now he's redeeming himself a little bit. But what do you say about quarterbacks? 
It's what happens the year after the uh-huh. year. Listen, if so Scott beats you, you need to worry. I this think is you're... the important year for AJ. <laughs> I think you're going to What go... happens the year after the year? I think you're going to go 39 and 18 again. I have confidence. Because here, here's why you, if Scott beats you, that's when you need to worry. Because everything you guys tell Scott, he takes in, and then he goes and plays an eight-leg parlay. He doesn't care what you say. He's, a He's man doing the... things his way. He's a man of the people. Yes. I actually see him taking it in. <laughs> He doesn't always listen. He just takes it in and ignores but it. it. But in a way, he seems tempted to listen. <laughs> when Scott loses at Blackjack, RJ, he gets disgusted and he storms out to the parking lot and doesn't even ask for a comp, which I am just so morally offended by. You, do you kick I, things I, over I, on I the rack way up out? The points, though. <laughs> you say, no, no, no. You got you to walk with a pie. You got to get your pie. Pie oh my? The pizza pie. Oh, oh, I was thinking of Tony. Gotta get your hard rock pie. When he was on that losing streak. Remember, he saw it, but it's Meadow. Meadow was at the track. And he bets like 80K or on it or something. Uh, well, it was making the rounds this past week was the clip. For some reason, it got popular on social media this week. The clip of Tony playing roulette. When he bet oh, uh, yeah. six G's and then well, all around. <laughs> yeah, well, he was high on mescaline at the time. So. <laughs> So, AJ, honest question, mm-hmm. and I'll let you finish this pod with the answer. Okay. Heads up against me, NFL season, we do five th- uh, fours and threes, exactly what you did well in last year. How, what odds would you need to make me a major bet? Let's just say 5K at heads oh, up. Jesus, I would not make you a major bet at 5K. Well, you would at like 20 to 1. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> when you know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm not putting a 5K on a seat like a season I will long take the orangutans. No, pu- I will take the orangutans punching exactly. in the, the random typewriters. I mean, yeah. at, 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 at plus 250. Yeah. Mm. Do, yeah, ten, okay. do, do yeah. 10 to 1. Do 500 against 5K. I didn't say that. Hold Jamie on. Gold won the main event. I want to know. What, right, let's say it was 1000 bucks. Okay. Because, again, listen, he's, got, he's a family man. He never said he's a gigantic batter. I mean, listen, he bets, you know, listen, he bets with us here, so he bets. Think what the odds would have okay. to be. I, can I ask for McKenzie to do a, a research project? On what? Binomial distribution. Like, if you take a 50% versus a 55%, I think the 50% is going to win in an 85 sample. Well, um, we got too much to do here. Fair enough. But, but I, do th- I do think it, Next they, week. they'd win like 33%. All right, now here's why I'm not actually competing. And it's kind of a sad story, to be honest with you. And oh. Fez is at the heart of it. And he's the guy that personally caused, caused the sadness, I think it's fair to say. So one of the nice things about being at pregame.com and here with the boys is they have text chains. And th- there's some insight. Like, Scott's usually on the news. He'll be like, oh, Baker Mayfield's the starter. You know, boom, real quick. Can we act on it? You know? He said... <laughs> Challenger just blew up. Can we short NASA? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I like that. But occasionally, I'll be on a project or even a day off, and I'm thinking, I'm going to disengage. So when would this have been? This was uh, Monday, I think it was. And Fez, it was like, what's the noise? Can we imitate the noise of a... Bloom. All right. Yeah. It was like, bloom. Bloom, bloom, bloom. Bing, bloom. And I'm like, what? Bing, the bing, bing, yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, because I, I don't give my text out, you know, to a lot of people. At least my main one, right? I've, you know, I've got a, what do you call it? Burner text. Side phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Back um, pocket phone. Google News or, or Google uh, Voice. And um, I think, what could be going on? Is that, 
you know, hopefully not a nuclear attack, I'm thinking. I look, and it is about 20 texts about how mad Fezzik was that I got the best of it on him last week on the bet about the second-string quarterback and the third-string quarterback. For those that didn't listen, it was a master class. Let's be honest. Even AJ was uh, rhapsodizing about the, how I played it just per— I, I, just, it was, I said I felt sorry for Fez because I didn't think—he thought he was just setting the market— and then suddenly you were pushing a green button on what he no, said. You don't set mark. What are you talking about? Well, like there's not a if number willing, for that, right? If you're willing to put a number up, you're willing to take yeah. the action. And I even made a point to say, Fed, so you want to book that, right? He goes, yeah. He was all happy. And so then I, I went ahead and threw McKenzie under the bus and blamed him for my mistake. But it was like <laughs> literally, it was like... Back and forth and back and forth. And at one point, Fez is putting emoji, what do they call it, emojis on there. It was like red face. It looked like the devil. Was that you being so mad? Yeah, that's the mad emoji. Angry. <laughs> and, and then he starts like questioning his whole process. He's like, maybe it was too much baseball. Maybe, I don't know if I was doing more. I mean, like you were like fundamentally. I didn't, quite... I didn't know that Sam Donald was making four mil. And then McKenzie's like, we've talked about it like 17 times, Fez. Well, you're on your phone a lot, Fez. I mean, I'm like, checking my client scores, <laughs> like seeing how many units were up. It's in all baseball. white noise. It's all white noise until the day's over. Then you check. I thought you were the guy that said, "I don't even tally my games. I just see what my count says at the end of the week." I, I, I in my own betting, that's true. But I, I am so engaged with my clients, and we've been doing so well this baseball oh, season. Oh, there you find go. That, and I was going for the Hawaii Five O tonight. So you know the Five O, the like, I trying to get that fifth win in a row. Are you trying to bring up? Are you trying to bring up Wacky Kier the rest of the island right now? All right, now. Oh, look, it says Laugh Fezzik Hard. What's this about? Let me see what it says. Jeez, I haven't played that for a while. That was That's sinister. So anyway, Mackenzie, what was your take on that back and forth? I felt like I was Under attack? Because I didn't. I wanted to bet at minus 110. I'm like, 50% of people would probably say Lance is going to start. 50% of analysts would say Darnold's going to start. I have my own opinion. Well, I would have liked to bet a plus like 220. Oh, wait, that's what I got. I would have <laughs> liked to bet like a plus 1,000. What do you mean? You said you, th you thought well, the odds were like minus 300. When Fez set the market, I thought, oh, wow, maybe. It was in, he shaved 70 cents off of your market setting price. No, I bet that wasn't my market setting price. That was my honest opinion. That's very different. So I texted. So you're trying to split the action? I quoted a line from Animal House. I fucked up. I trusted McKenzie. It's on me. But you didn't even give his number. You gave a number 80 cents different. Yeah, I fucked up. I trusted his number. And I said, well, it can't be off by 150 cents. No. To me, <laughs> He's it the was... Niner expert. Now, listen. So just to be clear, it's who... It, and, and somehow they were trying to pull shenanigans on this. It was who's named the second string quarterback... And then they're saying, well, what happens if Purdy plays both, every game and every snap? They're trying to find all these outs. And, and to me, that's just poor form, I think I'd call it. <laughs> but, you know, you're almost like, remember the movie uh, James Caan? What was it? It was the... Um, the program. Indecent, no, I'm thinking Indecent Proposal. And then they were negotiating, like he was going to... That was Robert Redford. Okay, see, James Caan was in another <laughs> version of it with the flying... It was like the same movie... Oh, and it had Nicolas right. Cage yeah. in it. Um, and oh, Jerry, yeah, yeah, but, but Jerry Tarkanian was in it. Leaving Las Vegas? No. No, 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 no. no, 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 no
Honeymoon. Honeymoon in Vegas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, James Conner. I had there. a straight flush. Nicholas Cage was in too. <laughs> to Vegas. the Jack. And the shark, they they put a cold deck in the shark. The Jack, AJ. <laughs> That's the one they jumped out at the Flying Elvis. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. I thought, but but I think you're right. They were negotiating the deal, and they're like, in case you die during the act. So it was it was like, do we have to have lawyers here when we make, you know, make bets? But I just it demoralized me a little bit. Because it was like, I've got to the point where there was no, like, listen, Fez is still mad about a bet he lost, like, uh, three years ago? Four years ago now? Well, the Gaming Commission would never approved it. It was like it had Luckily. already been decided. I, I bet on a team to finish second in the, to, to, fin, to, to finish second in the playoffs that was either going to finish first or third. Fuck. That was awesome. On, on air. All right. And, sorry, F-bomb. And he, and he sniffed it out right before he agreed to because I gave him great odds. And I even set it up in the pre-show production. I'm like, I got to tell you something, man. I, I, I think uh, I think it was Green Bay was the team, right? I, I, I think Green Bay is either all or nothing this weekend. You know, I just said in passing. And then on the show, you know, I, I tempted Fez into saying something nice about Green Bay. And I said, all right, I'll bet you. And I gave him, like, not crazy, crazy odds. You know, like just the, enough to not raise suspicion. Like, yeah, but he again, he's you know how they say like in movies like Clint Eastwood, he can always tell if it's a trap or something. Faz, he he started like moving his his nose, started sniffing, you know, and and RJ just complimented me like three days before. You know, you you had some dead air situations on on the <laughs> show, but you've done really well not having that dead air. So this was you a know, long I like that. Oh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> and well, no, that was a genuine compliment, but I remembered it. <laughs> When he started sniffing, I go, Fez, we're on national radio. Are you taking this great bet or not? He goes, all right, all right. And I just started laughing. I go, ah! And then the next 15 minutes of the show, all we did was laugh about it. And he was, like, so mad. This was the one bet. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the one bet I paid, but I bitched about. I was not a good sport. bitched about? You're saying that in past tense. Yes. You still bitch about do. it. It's like, it's like, exactly. Like, you would think he'd be proud of me to pull it off. Oh, I was proud of you. I was mad at me. That's, yeah. Oh, I'll get it. it back from AJ. All right. So anyway, you would think. Thanks, Fez. You would think that Fez would be like, man, you played that. You know, again, like in Rounders, when Johnny Chan Remember, it were were um, uh, oh my God, who's the, who's the main character? Matt Damon. Matt Mike, Damon. Mike I always forget his name. Matt Damon, and uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yep. And he's watching Johnny Chan like in '88 on VHS or something. Mm-hmm. And he's going, look at the control, look at the discipline, and finally Seidel raises and he. <laughs> Johnny Chan, the master. <laughs> the, the irony is, I think Seidel is the better player, right? Would I don't you know. Say? Or Johnny became... Chan went back to back. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> then he must be the best. I mean, yeah. Seidel was one of those. T- you know what he's like? He's like the head coach of Iowa State. Kirk Ferentz? No, Iowa State or Iowa? Yeah, Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. I think the guy Campbell? that always is up for every job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's never gonna, never going to amount. He goes to a real seven and coach. six, yeah. and everyone acts like he's a great coach. Mm. He'd go seven and six at Michigan, probably, in my opinion, but. That's that's how Seidel is. He never really was glamorous, but he was a grinder. Yeah, you know. So you I mean, listen. He was good. Matt Campbell of poker. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's one. what everybody's hoping to be called one day. <laughs> well, if you want to win half the time, I yeah, think that's, that's about break even, right? And it, to me, it was like, wait a minute. It's gotten to the point. No matter how, like I won't. Like I literally, at a certain point, will be able to say, I bet the moon is made of cheese, and I can prove it. 
And Fez said, I can't bet that. Can't no way, man. Pass. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm just gonna have to back away for these two shows. But I'm gonna be very involved. In fact, I'll be the only one here the entire show. Now, what does that mean? So we got the two teams. I'm the moderator. I'm gonna be asking the questions, I'm gonna be drawing out the picks, but it's gonna be game show style. So what does that mean? That means that Fez and McKenzie are first, and it's us three. I was watching Charlie Rose, an old repeat. It was Scorsese, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Charlie Rose. So it'd be just like that, except Scorsese's not here, Daniel Day's not here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're going to give one over and one under in each of the divisions of the AFC, but we're going one division at a time. So we start with the AFC East. Fez is going to he'll, – he'll bellyache about the over. And we'll hear McKenzie and stuff talk and, and Fez discuss it. But here's the beauty. AJ is the biggest baby ever when it comes to, like, I don't want to give my information. It is so sharp, so d- the depth of my analysis. Hey, that's not what it is. What is it? it uh, my analysis is not nearly as good as you guys. Okay. But it, when we do things like drafts and things like that, I have, because I, I've done a lot of those, I have a game theory level that you guys – when we started doing this, didn't have. And I didn't want to let you have that because that was the only edge I had. You know you were denying it to the audience, too. That's not that's not my problem. No, that's actually... I'm, if I'm betting my money... Your, no, it's at the core of your job. Your money is an afterthought compared to the audience. I would have gladly explained it to them Did after Did you hear your the co-host fact. saying he doesn't care about the audience? I care about him. I would have gladly explained it after all the bets were made. But then we would have known for next time. That's fine. Bonus pod. Yeah. <laughs> AJ behind, strategy. Behind, behind a paywall <laughs> yeah. that RJ can't get to. <laughs> so I figure let's get them in different rooms. They're going to be isolated in the uh, green room. It's um, It actually does have uh, soundproofing on it. And uh, speaking of soundproofing, Mackenzie, did it dawn on you when you put the printer right there that you put the printer exactly at the first point it could actually have a direct line without any of the audio blocking blankets. Like, wouldn't you want to put it where it was blocked by the blankets instead of right in the open area so we can hear the printer on air? Didn't dawn on me. <laughs> but it's kind of like our signal, like something's coming. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, the it's like we, we hear it and we're like, oh, something's oh. coming. Something's coming. All right, that's And then we get the printout and we're like, this is what we've been waiting for. It's still and, warm. And, and what we find out, though, is it's Mackenzie trying to get his loans extended. <laughs> somehow his student loans he's, somehow he's getting some kind of discount or something <laughs> did you have student loans Mackenzie? i did past tense paid them off all right i'm pre- now what were you thinking when they were go- i don't even know what's going on i know the supreme court said something or whatever about it um but initially when you heard about that giveaway what were you thinking good for america good for the people that need it i'm glad i don't really yes I don't believe that. You're mad if someone gets two pieces of pizza and you only get one. I'm not. I want everyone to get a check in the mail every every month. That's my politics. Who's going to pay for that check? We are together. So why don't we just all write it to ourselves and there won't be any checks? Efficiency. <laughs> one plus one equals three. Really? I always thought the saying was that any um, the government bucket has many holes in it. We spend $60,000 on each citizen. Let's do it in a smart way. Okay. Huh. Huh. I don't believe what he's saying. You think he, he made a big effort to pay off his loans? What was the interest rate? It was low. 
Yeah, it was like 3.5% or something like that. Whoa. So why'd he even pay it off? RJ wouldn't authorize that. Yeah, you should have just invested that money in Airbnb. And the, and the possibility of the free roll, the government bailing out and paying for it for you. If I was just thinking, I'd have that money if he never paid those loans back somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. Now, how's the competition going to go? Well, there's a two-star and a one-star in each division. One over, one under. I'm guessing, what's the odds that Fez will have any two-star overs? I'm saying the odds are plus 350 that he has. And, and I'm talking AFC and NFC. Eight divisions plus 350 that your over is a two-star. What do you think of those numbers, Fez? You will find very interesting what you're going to hear. Ooh. In the AFC? Yes. What, what division could that be? Oh, you'll have to. I bet. I bet it's going to be over Ravens. You have to. You have to wait <laughs> around. Now let's set the line on how many crossfires and how many similar picks we'll have. Okay, so now if they pick opposite, it's an automatic three hundred dollar bet. Mm-hmm. I have the right. This is the only betting I have. I have to. I can't make my own bets. I have to only buck their best bets. Buck b u c k their best bets. But I'm willing to do that if necessary. Well, I certainly will on a few. I'm going to pick on AJ. I think uh, you're going. I knew as soon as this contest was made, I told McKenzie, I was like, RJ's going to he's going to hate every one of my picks. Well, no, I love the picks. Yeah. But we we <laughs> but when it became a team game, there's been some changes made to my picks. So you're bringing his insanity in. But you got to let us know what you were thinking. Yeah, I'll let you know. And if you want, we can do side bets. Okay. All right. They're betting each team. A collective, so each team, $1,000, winner take all, and I don't get any part of that. Oh, I think I should get 6% maybe, but we'll figure that out. And that's it, right? So I can crossfire anything. There's automatic crossfires if they cross. We're to go each division with each team, one at a time, the other one secluded. And then they're going to come together for a minute in between, and then boom, boom, boom. It's going to be like pit stops at the Indy 500. Faz, any thoughts? Let's rock. All right, let's get to it. It's going to be now. Right now, we've got AJ and Scott leaving. AFC East first? AFC East first. You guys will be preparing for that, so make sure you're ready to go. Mackenzie's coming out. And let's get started, Fez. AFC East. Now, here's the numbers. And this is a market consensus. And it is the Bills 10.9. Now, what does 10.9 mean? And so this is interesting, Fez. Let's think about this a second. So how are we going to do the, 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 the things that are off a half? I think we just price it worth 50 cents. So under 11, if, if it's 10.9, we say it's under 11 minus $1.20. Okay, so that, will be, so that, that would be, be full vague numbers. But as long as everyone's at the full vague numbers, it normalizes. Yeah, so what we're saying is if you guys have the exact same number of wins, then the, the VIG will matter. Yes. It, it could even matter if you had one less win, right, based on how much. Yeah, big. that makes sense. All right. So, in, so effectively what he'd be betting is uh, 10 and a half. And if they bet over, it would be, you know, almost, what, 40 cents? We'd, what would we call it, 40 cents on 10.9? Uh, yes. 10 and a half over 40? Well, I think we should just use – you want to use 10 and a half or 11, though? Well, I see. To me, I, I oh, you're, you're saying close. the, you're saying the, the closest cl- one. Yeah, that's a good It'll point. Be cleaner. So that would be slightly under then at that point. So it'd be eleven. So it'd be under. even money. Even money. At eleven over would be even. Eleven under would be minus one twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Right. All right. 
So uh, let's just leave it to my discretion. I'll do that after this the show. And everything. so we'll just quote the decimals, but exactly. people know what we're exactly that, that, that we'll do. We'll get the accounting straight out. All right. So bills ten point nine. And when you have different money lines, if you just have ten and a half or just have eleven, you're not getting the full nuance. So for your own personal betting, um, Jets nine point seven, Dolphins nine point five, Patriots seven point three. And let's I'm gonna give the openers in each case. Um so Patriots are down two tenths, seven five to seven three. The Dolphins are up a tenth, but it's been a roller coaster. They were up to nine point yeah, a little bit. Jets open nine point six, they're only nine point seven. Bill is ten point eight, ten point nine. Feds, not a lot of movement in the East. There has not been. What is the best bet? Best bet. The New York Jets over. Oh my God! You're leading. Lost with- three fifty cashes on the very first selection. Holy camoly! Now the now the interesting part about this is that you have spoken about this before, RJ. Yeah, about we gave this bet on here. Exactly, like two, three and, and he thinks I don't listen to him. <laughs> so the bottom line: Jets seven and ten last year. Pythagorean wins were seven point nine. And so let's talk about that. The reason we do that is we say, hey, the wins themselves aren't as telling as the margin of victory. At least it's not as predictive. Thus, the Pythagorean wins uh, imputes what the number of wins would have been based on the margin of victory. Exactly right. And that's without a quarterback. So all kinds of problems at quarterback. And, and so now how much of an upgrade, and you've spoken about this in prior shows, is Aaron Rodgers compared to these clowns that they have at quarterback? you got to feel that Rodgers is going to be worth, at a minimum, two wins. Two wins would be a four-point so, upgrade, right? Exactly, yeah. So um, when, when I was looking at that a couple weeks ago on the air with you know all of us, it was like we figured out they maybe have two – what Rodgers worth maybe two points. Yeah. So we think that somewhere – and most likely with Rodgers, he's undervalued by two points. I'm I'm somewhat a skeptic of Rodgers, but I know he's better than Wilson. Mackenzie, what was your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm I'm right in line with you guys. Where eight wins? Well, no, I, it's your pick with Fats. Eight and wins is a great approximation, I think, of what the Jets should be going forward if they didn't make any change at quarterback. Where strength of schedule wise, they had the hardest strength of schedule in the league last year, and. Pythagorean wins 7.9. So I think it's pretty generous to say 8.0 is a fair benchmarker. If Rodgers is two points better than Wilson, that eight goes to nine. I think that's very pessimistic if Rodgers, I know he was 26th in QBR last year. So you're saying you think the number should be 10? It should be 10. It should be a four-point upgrade, as Fez said. I think that's the appropriate number. The market's a little bit short on that, so I'm going to go over nine and a half. So nine seven is going to be what minus one twenty five. So you're saying that you think there's about twenty five cents of value? I think more. Yeah, I actually okay. think he's Rogers worth more than four points versus you know the 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 other quarterbacks. So I could make a case to get bring it all the way up to ten and a half. So I think there's there's clear cut value. All right. Uh, I saw one other point. I saw the the Jets little thing had the worst fumble luck of any team in the NFL. So, so fumbles when it comes to recoveries happens fifty percent of the time. Um, I speculate that on the types of fumbles, it's different. We, we we still have that project to do. I think quarterbacks are going to recover more because they fumble a lot when they're falling down. But generally, it's 50. If a team doesn't recover, if they, if, if they recover much more or much less than 50, every turnover, what is it, about four and a half points for a fumble? Yes. Of EPA, which is effectively points. So five, six fumbles in a year that you – 
let's say if you had even fumble luck versus bad fumble luck, five times four, you know, you're looking at 25 points, you're looking at like three quarters of a, almost three quarters of a win. Exactly. Um, yeah. th- that kind of, you know, five fumbles in a year that should have went your way. And when we calculate turnover luck, we say, well, quarterback sack fumbles are not lucky. They're mm-hmm. good performance by the defense. So even with that consideration, when we did all our math with turnover-worthy plays and those fumbles, we came up with 35 points of unluckiness for the Colts uh, Jets last year. That's a full win that is not accounted for in their Pythagorean wins or in their actual win. Is that fumbles or fumbles and interceptions? Fumbles and interceptions. And the way we do interceptions is the uh, PFF has their turnover-worthy plays. Now, sometimes McKenzie disagrees with those if Trey Lance <laughs> is involved. But, so Trey Lance had a pretty good game, huh? He did. He came back he came from, out from real a slow, slow start. Real slow. I didn't think that was a turnover-worthy play either. In fact, I don't even <laughs> think it was an interception. That ball hit the ground. But Maybe they should implement replay. They oh. did. And they oh, look at the replay. They and do have They that. didn't show a great replay did, on the broadcast. Did you miss, did you, did you miss the uh, wedding to watch the, 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 the game? We were watching at the wedding. <laughs> somewhere on the dance floor, somewhere over by the iPhone. You know, the, the Jets game. even have a, um, uh, a plus uh, yards per play. Old Fossil stat last year, you know, five. They, they, they only gained five, but they only gave up 4.8. This is really an elite defense. So, And, and I mean, if anything, the defense has solidified, um, you know, they signed their, their interior D linemen. What's it, Quinn, what's Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, again, it, that was a situation where it could have been, I mean. Number one projected secondary. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to like. Yeah, we talk about age curve. Sauce Gardner was maybe the best corner in the league last year. He should be a lot better in year two. I mean, if he's like every other corner. So he was the best, and he's going to be a lot better. Maybe, uh, yeah, he was He up was there. close to the best. Right, think, he was up there. Now, um, has Hard Knocks affected your opinion at all, Faz? Have you been it, watching it? I just watched the first two episodes, and obviously they they love the Jets. So I'm trying. I I stopped watching. I thought it would. It, I actually thought this was the case where it would skew me, like because <laughs> it's giving sharp. me nothing but but good information about the Jets. All right, pick number two is a one star. It's going to be on an under. Yeah, we're going to go Buffalo Bills under the what are we at ten point nine here? Yes, sir. Ten point nine. So under eleven, lay a dollar twenty. Uh, really, one factor here. I, I just don't think Josh Allen is going to run as much as he's as he's had in the past, and I think he's he's an integral part of their rushing attack, and he's actually said, I'm not going to run as much, and I think that's going to impact the offense, and that's enough to sway me to go under. McKenzie? I like the fact that we looked at this query. Since 2018, the Bills have been elite, elite, elite against bad offenses and kind of below average, 40% ATS or lower, against good offenses, top 16 in DVOA. Now, how many of those is Kansas City? Uh, yeah, at least at least three so every the time. So good they go offenses are top sixteen. Yeah, yeah, not even good offenses. Better than yeah, average. Offense. Yeah, okay. And usually in this division, they're up against three bad offenses. That's not the case this year. Dolphins have one of the best weapons. Jets obviously have added a bunch of weapons in Aaron Rodgers. So I think this is this is um, they're not going to be the bullies. They're not going to be allowed to be the bullies that they have been in the past. So obviously a super tough schedule. All the teams in the AFC East. So that evens out, and that's why. Or one of the reasons we do a forced over, forced under. Because the theory is, in a typical division, if you bet over on one team, and if you're right, the odds of another team in the division going over decrease. Right? Because in theory, now it's only the two games, mm-hmm. but it, it matters. Um, so I like this. And then two teams you're neutral on. Did you guys consider, was there anything else, or was there any other pick that was close? Or was it these two, clearly? I thought Patriots over had some value at 7.3. I don't understand how it's moved uh, from the open at 7.5. So I, 
So Baz, what was your yeah. problem with that? I got a little spooked by the, the, the money's been coming in on the Patriots under, and mm-hmm. I can't explain it. And whenever I can't explain something that's going on, I'm I always agree. cautious. I would say this. Um, there's a lot, a lot of smart – here's the thing. Who's the batters? The batters are the ones that were always mad they couldn't figure out why Belichick would win so much, even though the underlying yes. stuff. Right. And I do get a sense that some of the smarter people I know, you would think they would worship Belichick – they, they feel competitive with them. There's only a few people on earth that do something that I do, even tangentially, that I am like thinking I'm not in their league. Like, obviously, I'm not talking about if I used to play Little League Baseball. I'm saying like, uh, to me, it's like, and I'm saying like with Dylan, as the greatest thing I'm great at isn't even in the universe of how great I think Dylan is. Um I think Belichick's in that category. There's very few people that reach that. So to me, I'm competitive, but why be competitive with Bill Belichick? Mm-hmm. But it does seem like a lot of people are, and I think they like him when, when he's down. They want to kick him when he's down. I think they want to believe he's finally getting his comeuppance. He's not as smart as people think. That's my thought. Or, last thing, the schedule is not only really tough, the sequence of events mm. in the games is very tough. You want to pull that up, Mackenzie? Yeah. Because they have a couple of like decent games where they aren't so hard, but one of them is like after um, or, or right before their trip. They have an international trip. I mean, Fez, take a look at that. But where's the e- where's the well, easy spot? Well, from the start, from the get go, Philly? Philly, Miami. Uh, so in Miami, right? Yep. Uh, Yes. Uh, oh, no, no, that's, that's uh, the They're home, they're oh, okay. home, but they're a dog. So, so they're at the Jets, dog. At Dallas, dog. Home against New Orleans, let, favored by less than three. At Las Vegas, be a pick em. Uh Buffalo, dog. At Miami, dog. You can see the, the potential but start. keep reading, keep reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they're, they finally get home. So, against, so far, New Orleans is the only, like, f- game they're favored in. That's right. All so right. then they're home against Washington, so they're favored. Then they're home against Indy, so that's nice. So like, what, that, like that's said, in uh, Germany, the game against yeah, Indy. Oh. See, that's the thing. Now you got to prepare for that German trip. You know, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, and then the rest of the way, they don't have one game that they're a clear-cut favorite in the the, the whole rest of the year. So, so, like, really, what's the best – like, what what's their easy win? Um just week nine hosting Washington. But again, it's and how easy is that? Yeah. And I'll tell you this That's I haven't it. done the analysis yet, but think about how bad Seattle was after that Germany trip. Mm. And think of how bad Tampa Bay was after that Germany trip. I I, I don't think that is that a coincidence? Think, it's, fur, it's further east than London. It's, it's significantly yeah, more. I mean, it is. Do you think that's why Belichick wanted the buy afterwards? I'm well, sure. he's always gotten the buy after, right? And the thing that was different this year. It's the first time in like eight years that Belichick hasn't asked for another team to get a bye that he played the week he had to buy. Most teams don't want to have it. For some reason, he wanted that. He figures he could use the time more wisely. Fivers buy. Yeah. But this year he didn't ask. He asked for it otherwise. So who knows? Okay, guys, that is <clears throat> Jets. Over, it's a shocker. Two star under Bills. I'm gonna say one more thing about the Bills. I've come around on the Bills. I was down on them. But let's think about this a second. Their win total is 10.9. That's less than the Bengals. All right? And it's less. The Chiefs are 11.7. So the Chiefs are almost a full game better. I get the strength of schedule, right? It's tougher for the Bills. But the Bills were 
head and shoulders the best team in the league perceived last year. They were. And we repeat this a lot, but it's true. Monday Night Football, like week 17 or 16, the Bills were at home or on the road at Cincinnati. No big help. I mean, it wasn't like there was health issues before the game. And the Bills got bet at the last hour before the game and were two-and-a-half-point favorites, laying extra juice. In the jungle. In the jungle, which is saying they're two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half four points better. Four, four points yeah, better. Four yeah. points better. Mm-hmm. And now they're Now worse. they're saying they're not even as good. Yeah. They're, they're the same. They're the same as Bengals. Well, I don't know. Yeah, okay. They have I've a harder schedule, that. slightly less win total. I think that makes sense. About the same. I don't know. How much harder could it be than the the, the, the FC North is pretty damn hard, too, right? No doubt. They got, yeah, they, they, they got a good draw on the divisions they're playing. So, but remember the Bengals. You got some real questions there. Two Big safeties team. out. Oh, we'll be talking about those Bengals. So, what I'm saying is the idea is you got the big question to me is McDermott is him calling defense. Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing, right? And they are signing tight ends out to Wazoo. They drafted a tight end high. I think the Bills. You're right. I don't think Josh Allen is going to rush as much, but I think they're going to be running the ball. Two tight ends sometime. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a different game for them. They do have two 33-year-old safeties. I don't know when safeties hit the wall, but that sure seems old to me, you know? Yeah, but but they said that the Bills are the only team in the NFL. They could have anyone hurt except Vaughn Miller, mm. and they have true depth. Mm. Right. On defense, we're right. talking mm. about. O-line's a question mark. And I think the question mark is receiver with the atti- attitude of the number one yeah, I saw they were like the 21st ranked O-line. That shocked me that it was that low. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to be weak somewhere. But mm-hmm. under Bills, and now. Ah, huh? That's the I got some other news. Let's see here. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce it next, next uh, switcheroo. All right, boys. Two-star first. It's the AFC East. We went over the odds already. You know what they are. All right, I'll uh, I'll take the honors here on the two star. So give us the pick first, and then we'll talk analysis. We're gonna go Dolphins under nine and a half. Okay, the Dolphins were not bet or picked by Fez and McKenzie. You're going under. Yes. All right. Thoughts. Uh, I've talked a lot about my concerns with Tua's health. I think if he ever gets hurt, they're they're toast. But also, the league adjusted to the Dolphins in the second half of last year, and it's going to be interesting to see how McDaniel responds to that. I also think we've talked about the new DC, and I think it's a great hire long term. But he doesn't have his personnel in yet. It, that takes time for teams what to. Do you tra- mean he doesn't have his personnel in. He doesn't have the personnel to run the system that he's been, that he How prefers do you know to run. That? Are you critiquing their safeties? I mean, well, I'm I'm certainly critiquing the fact that Jalen Ramsey's not around right now because yeah, but, obviously but a guy who it doesn't have to do with the the uh, scheme. You don't think you don't think bringing in Jalen Ramsey was an important factor for what they wanted to do defensively? I, I mean, is I I don't. Fancy myself an expert at like cornerback play, but like I, it, it strikes me that Ramsey's a cover corner, mm-hmm. and and the Fangio defense typically is more keeping in front of you. So I think Ramsey can play well, and and Ramsey is a. They're saying that eventually he might move to safety, like in the next years mm-hmm. to come. He's the kind of guy like a Ronnie Lott type that he could cover. You know, back in the day, and now Ramsey's moving to be almost like a big nickel 
um, type where he can tackle. You know, I think if anything, Ramsey would have been very effective because he's a, a short tackling cornerback. But I don't think his coverage skills would have been as valuable. So, do you think that like in they get a new DC in, it doesn't take time for the guy? Like you've got, you've built a, a defense around guys who play this blitzing style, and now you're changing up your defense totally. You don't think that takes time to adjust personnel wise? No. Well, see, that's interesting. I think it could. But I think some teams, sometimes a team might be more, uh, in theory, a team might be more inclined to do well under the new scheme, right? If the other team, uh, if the other regime didn't have time. You know, it is interesting, though, because I would agree with you the following way. Miami, and we're going to see that defense in theory in Minnesota this year. Mm -hmm. But Miami played as much man-to-man as any team in the NFL. A lot of zero blitzes. With Fangio being the opposite, they are very diametrically opposed. It's, a very, it's an interesting point. I it's think like f- it's like when teams switch from a three four to a four three, and it, like it takes time to get the bodies to run that because usually three four teams or our four three teams don't have those outside linebackers that can yeah, rush the, the passer. But, but the difference in that case is the the physical makeup of the players. That said, you know we actually did some analysis. If you have a new DC. But you keep keep the same coach. What happens? Is there is there an effect early in the season? Um, I'll ask McKenzie. McKenzie has that analysis. We'll we'll pull it up and have it in the wrap up. Okay. Um, all right. So you think Fangio early is a net negative? You think Tua is a big injury risk? What no else? doubt. Uh, and, and, the, and obviously, you guys, how yeah. do you want to present? So so the schedule is something that I looked at that I think is very interesting because. When you look at the home field advantage that the Dolphins have, it's always early in the season when the heat and humidity are a factor. Look at that Bills game last year, right? The, you can argue the reason why they beat the Bills was because they had players were dropping like flies on Buffalo because of the cramping and, and the— And, and the, you think that works more in December? I think no, I think in in early in oh, September. Early. Okay, okay, okay. But if you look at the schedule this year, three of their first four games are on the road, mm. negating that home field advantage that they would have early in the season. Okay. And so when that. they play a team like Buffalo at home, it's January seventh. When they play the Cowboys at home and the Jets at home, it's in December. The tough games, they won't have the home field advantage that they would have had if those games were scheduled earlier in the year, like that Buffalo Bills game was last year. So Denver in the altitude early in the year is another example of that. They actually have both their first two games at home. So uh, that's very interesting. Okay, and you mentioned, and then you can wrap, is you mentioned the idea of the league figuring it out. I think, and let's give Staley credit, right, is Staley was the first with the Chargers to do something that caused Miami trouble. It's interesting because if you actually look at when Miami started running more, they seem to beat that move. But if you actually look at Tua in the later year, he didn't do as well. So I think they figured out what Staley did, but I think the league figured Tua out a little bit. And those uh, questions remain, I think. has Is there an answer a good answer for that from Miami. So I think that's a valid point. Close it up. I had one more note on the schedule. The, the Dolphins were 3-6 and six away from home last year, and they drew – Obviously, aside from their division games, they drew their tough road. Their tough games are on the road. So Chargers, Eagles, Ravens, all road games for the Dolphins. And the Chiefs game in Germany. Yeah. So I I don't think that bodes well for the Dolphins. But let's think about this. If you have nine and a half wins, it's nine and a half against seven and a half. 
because the question is how many games you need to win. In a weird way, what you're saying is they have some sure, almost sure wins because they're – so let's think about this. Let's say there's a team that they're five points better than and there's a team that they're even with. So if they have the even team at home, eh, they're going to be a two-point favorite at home, right? And they would be a three-point favorite against a team they're five points better than because that, that team has sure. home. So two tighter games. You flip it, all right, the road game they're going to be an underdog in against the e- the even team, the team they're even with, and they're going to be a big favorite. So, like, uh, is it clear that it's better to have, like, a bunch of toss-ups, or would you rather have a couple of short wins in there? I, w- I mean, I would rather play my tougher opponents at home. Your tougher opponents at home. Yeah. Well, you certainly wouldn't want to do that, like, in the – let's say that you're um, – you don't want to play Ohio State at home if you're, like – the fifth best team in the Big Ten, right? Because you're not going to win the game anyway, right? So the theory is, but that's college more. Okay, it's interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, Dolphins was not one of the picks. Now you guys got a one star, and it has to be on an over. Yeah, and this is uh, Scott and I disagreed a little bit here. All right. All right. And uh, I bowed out. I, I conceded. So uh, Scott will present our one star play. It's as square as can be. It's the over on the Jets. Uh, you look at a team that played well enough last year to win seven games with arguably the worst quarterback play in the NFL. We've talked about this ad nauseum about if Aaron Rodgers can just play the entire season and be mediocre, the Jets are going to be very capable so, enough of I'm winning gonna 10 games. I'm going to jump in. The Jets were a pick from Faz. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Two-star on the over. Oh, okay. Mm. So he's right. with us on so this. So we had a, a, a longer discussion with that. So feel free, but don't belabor any points. I will just say this about the schedule. I've brought it up here on the Dream Preview before. The AFC teams have nine home games. Mm-hmm. The Jets have ten because one of their road games is against the Giants, which is a home game for them. All right. So now we have ten home games for now, the Jets. Hold on. The Giants get the ticket, so they are slight disadvantage, right? Sleep in your own bed. Go yeah, and no, practice in your own facility. But it's not a home game. It, it's like in Correct. college in college basketball, they have like home neutral games. Yes. So I think home neutral is a sure. fair way to say it. But you got it. The crowd will be probably split because secondary market, people will buy tickets. And sleep in your own bed, practice in your own facility, in your own locker room, playing on your own field. You have your entire staff there because sometimes like the whole staff doesn't necessarily travel on the road. They have all the support staff there for them. It's just another home game. Okay, so thank you, boys. And uh, just to be clear, as you guys are standing up to go, is the Bills under was the one star. So Bills under from Fez and Jets over from both of you guys. We would have had crossfire. We would have that, cro- that's what I wanted to play was Bills over. And I wanted to play, oh, Bills, I- I wanted to play Bills under. Okay, so AJ okay. and I disagreed on that, so we decided we're going to scrap it and go what, in another direction. What, what was your main point on the under? Uh, they, those were 7-3 and three in one-score games last year. If that luck evens out just a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. And I also think their schedule down the stretch is so tough. And the, the, the shortcomings in the postseason, the past couple of seasons, might have them rethinking the regular season. Yeah, but they can lose six, six games and you still don't lose. Yep. I, I agree. It's tough. But I think that with the division yeah. being better, if I'm giving the Jets more wins, I think they'll split oh, with that's, the Bills. That's why we go 100. Yeah. What was your main point on the over? That every major player 
on the defense for Buffalo spent significant time injured last year, and they still had the fourth best defense per DVOA. Every major play. Who's, who's uh, major? Tremaine Edmonds missed games. Tredavious White missed games. But most, most, Von- most defensive, or most players don't play 17 games. Right. Most players play. I mean, Jordan Poyer missed 14 games, or Micah yeah. Hyde missed 14 games. Well, uh, so here's the thing. They, Tredavious White missed 10. So here's the thing is – Football Outsiders has like a man games lost, I think is what they call it. So I think with those kind of things, it's always better to have an objective metric. The adjusted games missed defensively, the Bills were second in the league. Now, see that instead of naming the, those players, that's the answer. Fair end. enough. All right, boys, on to the North. The North. In the North, the Bengals were joined by Fez and McKenzie again. The other two secluded. Bengals 11. The market is 11 over under. It opened 11 and a half. Wowza. Ravens opened 8.8. Remember, that had some questionable uh, Lamar Jackson issues. Uh, you know, would he return? Ravens now 10.2. Browns 9.2. They opened nine. Pittsburgh up a half game from eight and a half to nine. All right, let's go with the two star fest. Two star Cincinnati Bengals to go under. Ooh. Dog. Okay. Now, I've been looking at this, and the way I thought to attack it is, because I'm not too high on the Ravens either, I was thinking Browns to win the division we talked about, but give us your thoughts on Cincy. Yeah, so Cincy, you know, even with a healthy Burrow, they just weren't that good in the underlying statistics. You look at it. Now, were they good the year they went to the Super Bowl? (laughs) They were worse in the underlying statistics that year. Yes. So we do have a potential. This is a good point. Potentially, there is something that makes Cincinnati tick like the Patriots, where they're better than their. Except underlying. they have a coach that was pretty renowned to be bad not that long ago, at least on offense. Right. Or right. head coach. So, um, what underlying stats are you looking at? Well, I'm, I, I was shocked to see their yards per play 5.4. Four and against. They're not, they don't even have a surplus. So, is, Mackenzie, here in 2023, um, what, what numbers jump out at you with Cincy underlying? Or maybe as he's given his thoughts, you can maybe hit us with one on the, the turnaround. So, you want to continue, Faz, and Mackenzie might have something? No, you don't have to worry about the underlying. We'll, we'll dig into that. But if you got something, you know, uh, we were on air the whole time. Yes, so I'm. What, what I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. I thought we were going to be debating. I, you caught me a little bit by surprise because I thought we were going to be debating what their selections were in the, in the West. So I was like, I didn't have my my numbers out for. You mean in the East? No, yeah. this has taken a long time to start. So I think what we do at the end is have everyone right. So I so I got got fouled up a little bit by the format because right, I wasn't. So, I wasn't you so know. Mackenzie, can you write something down to make sure this is marked? Yeah. Sorry about that. That's all right. So, yeah, just assume that it's going to be the next division every time. Right, right, right. Do you have a time? Like, Yeah, I told him when, when it started. So. All right, awesome. All right, here we go. Uh, so, Faz, just – so, really, we're going to keep up until the point where I said, Mackenzie, give it to us, and Faz will continue, and then we're assuming we're going to start there. So, I'm going to 3, 2, 1 to you. 3, 2, 1. So, the Bengals – I think we're free rolling here. We've got a team that obviously has done very well in the playoffs, and so they're well thought of, and that's why their season win number was as high as eleven to eleven and a half. But with the Burrow, right now it's eleven. It's eleven. But with you know, this could be a big deal with Burrow and the calf issue going on. And frankly, if he's a hundred percent healthy, I think eleven is spot on the right number. 
And if he's not, I think we've got ourselves a great bet if there's a lingering problem, you know, with that calf. And I look at the rest of this division. I'm loving what the rest of the division's doing. Um, Pittsburgh is by— Well, you're going to be given another pick. Sure. So um, when you say that the calf might be a problem, uh, what would you foresee? Like, give, give a moderate, you know, a medium problem. Like what would it be? Uh, he has a calf strain, which aggravates the rest of his leg, and he blows out an Achilles. That's the me- that's the medium. No, that's the, that's the best case. <laughs> I right, about no. the medium case. The medium case is he has a nagging calf issue that he has to, um, um, that makes him less mobile all year long, and that he for the, for the first half of the year, and then finally he starts. To, he doesn't start to trust it until end of October, and then it's fully healed. Okay. Um... Yeah, the thing I've heard about it is there's a chance of um, uh, 30% reoccurrence on this injury that year. And I've also heard that the calf can lead to things like Achilles and stuff. So I do think, I think in game one especially, what's the current number on that first game against the Browns? The Bengals are laying two because there's more optimism. It did go down as low as one, but now there's more optimism that Burrow will indeed you know be ready to go. Yeah, but it was two and a half. So, like... No one thought if Burrow even had a twenty percent chance he wasn't going to play, the line would have moved much more than it. It would have gotten all the way down to pick, yeah, or, or more because yeah. two, two and a half. I mean, he's he's probably worth six and a half, seven. Oh number, God, right? who's the backup? One second. What six and a half? Like Tony Romo's worth six and a half. <laughs> I mean, or, or um, Dak Prescott. I gotta pull up my numbers. I mean, he might be eight. <laughs> no, I'm not. Kidding. I, I'm from memory. I had him at six and a half. Um, but for some reason, you don't like Burrow. I mean, in general, you you know, I don't know. All right, Mackenzie, give us your take on this pick. So we're talking about the underlying numbers, and they got a little lucky with our fourth quarter win share, about a half win lucky. But I think yards right, per so play. So how many games did they win? They won 12. So the question isn't did they get lucky. The question is how good were they? Yeah, they won 12 games. They obviously had a game thrown so 11 out. 11 and a half. Yeah, so 11 and a half. And plus, like you said, the game thrown out, they were winning. They probably were 65% at that point, 60%, right? Yeah, so we give them a half win there. They were a 12-win team last year. Um, obviously, no team, even if they win 12, wouldn't be expected to win 12 again. You regress to the mean sum. And I think yards per play is interesting because they were obviously very disappointing in yards per play. If you... However, if you account for garbage time, they're a little bit better. You can, you know, kind of muster those numbers in different ways. But if you look at non-turnover line of scrimmage EPA, they're obviously a very good team, one of the best teams in the league. But they're fifth. They're right above Dallas. They're six points better per game. Not even close to Chiefs at 11, Eagles at 11, Bills at 10. I feel like we just put them all in a big bundle as the best teams in the league. They're just a half step worse than those teams by the numbers. Well, I mean, by... The line of scrimmage EPA, which I consider to be a, a vital stat. Um, I think the thing about the Bengals is they are a big game team. And it's not, I mean, Burrow's a big game quarterback, so he is. But Big Lou, that the DC, he's won, him and Belichick, you know, a couple others are able to come up with a new game plan. Like they literally went into that Kansas City game when they won two years ago, and they did something in the second half when they were dropping eight that just it, – it's it's one thing to change your defense week to week. It's another thing to change it for the second half, right? So I, I do think that in the bigger game since he's better and thus – Especially second half, like you said. In a season-long bet, that matters some, but not as much as something that applies itself every game more um, – 
So I, you know, like if I had to bet the Bengals, I'd be more inclined to bet them to make the Super Bowl, let's say, than I would to bet them going over their win total. So I, I do like that, and I do think there's a big Burrow risk. You know how you always say you can't turn up the the speaker to eleven every mm-hmm. every game. Well, I don't think you can any game. Yeah, you know, ten is the limit in, mm-hmm. in a lot of different speakers. What do you guys make of the fact that they have a division where every team is expected to be a winning team? I feel like that hurts them because they can't, you know, put that circle on the calendar and say we're going to beat at Ravens because at Browns is just as hard almost. No, I mean, I, I think, but isn't that just the same question as their strength of schedule? Yeah, but if a team excels, especially in their tougher games, does that get diminished or muted in a schedule where they have every division game is, is, is as big as the next? Well, and then you also would bring up the point, it's going to be hard to come up with something different for the same team twice a year. Right. So guys like that are, yeah. And there's going to be more of a potential for, division, for, yeah. for letdown spots when you've got like six sky-high games against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore. You know, there's no there's no two cupcake games where you can, like with the Chiefs, whenever they play the Raiders, they can exhale a little bit. You we, know, We have to do some analysis at some point on this, because we got this touchy-feely idea. Because strength of schedule is just a number. Right. right, you can get. There's different ways to calculate it, and some of them are better than others. But it's a number to say. Oh, they don't have any real break. Now, how do you quantify that? I mean, you could do it statistically in a way. You could say, you know, how many games in a row is. You know, if we said to ourselves, okay, what's the strain factor in a game? And then how many games in a row is there without a break of a strain factor? Maybe there's something to that. We could backfit and, and check that. I, I'm a, I don't like the touchy-feeliness of that. But under Bengals is the best bet. Here's the forced over, Fez. Forced over. going to go Cleveland Browns to go over. What do we show for that? 9.2? 9.2. 9.2. 9.2. And, you know, the more, um, you know, when you're looking at Cleveland, I get it. Watson did not play well at all last year. But are we going to trust, you know, his entire career? Or are we going to trust basically six games of data and say, you know, hey. Well, let's be honest. There's probably never been a quarterback in NFL history that if there were a major change from the bigger sample size, it would be this one, right? With the with all of the mental stress and all. Who knows, man? We're human creatures maybe he isn't looking people i mean can he be a great leader if if everyone's like you know anytime they want they can whisper behind his back i mean i don't know i'm just saying Mm. major issue there major issue with multiple years off and as i've said and i think this is underreported is or under discussed watson was a a russell wilson type quarterback deep balls on the outside and the fangio stuff Really has, and that's gone across the league now. Has really um, hamstrung that approach. And I thought you said it well a few weeks ago when you said, "I don't think Watson may be a top five quarterback ever again." But I agree with that. It wasn't that he wasn't a top I agree five with quarterback. Myself. It was that he was a not wasn't a top twenty five quarterback. So if the too high limits him, okay, he's going to be worse than he was mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. his peak. That's a good point. He was still way worse than you we, know. We any, just we, could, we, we just expected. need him to be average. We, right. we you know with the, with the the squad loaded as much and and I love you know you look at this defense. A lot, lot of changes on D, but upgrades. Oh, but yes, yes. By all accounts, everyone is thrilled with how Schwartz is as the new DC. And Zadarius Smith comes in, who's going to you know be a big upgrade. One of the Smith brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, th- this has the potential to be a top five defense. Chubb's a monster. 
could be the best running back. It's all we need is for Watson to control the game to be a game. He doesn't have to be a star. They're paying him a lot of money to be a game manager. But if he is a game manager, Cleveland's going to win ten games. And you say average is good enough. When they had average quarterback or maybe worse than Jacoby Brissett. They were by DVOA a top five offense and when Watson hadn't played a game yet, when they were 11 games into the season. They're still top 10, even with the Watson games. And I'm encouraged by the fact that of his PFF grades since his suspension, his best grade was in the preseason last week. It was better than any game he had uh, in, in last preseason. year. preseason? I mean, it was only 10 was steps. Was it better than Trey Lance's? No. I mean, actually, no, yes, it was. <laughs> isn't saying much. But yeah, the 77, he didn't approach that last year, so... I feel like he's going to be average or probably trending towards above average. They were a top 10 offense, which is way more sticky than defense last year with bad quarterback play. Defense is random. They bring in a new DC. They bring in a bunch of new DC defensive players. If they're 16th, this is a Super Bowl contending team. If they're 16th on defense, I think that's the case. In the division. 16 on offense. No, I think they're going to they, they were a top 10 offense last year. Well, they're going to be a lot better than 16 on defense. Okay, then I'm, I'm liking this pick. All right, now. Um, if we look at strength of schedule, because this is a tough division, Bengals are 15th in uh, rating um, a little amalgamation I put together. 15th, Ravens are 16th, uh, Browns are 18th, Steelers are 19th. So very clustered there. But they're saying these are like average strength of schedules. Yeah, it's because they get to play the NFC West and the AFC South. So they did get a break in those eight games. All right, boys, by the way. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well... I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Uh, telling you last week or picks from the guys before under dolphins, under dolphins, over jets. So we got a double like on over jets and then no crossfires yet. Let's get the other boys in. And in the magic of, hey, we just didn't record for a minute, they're here. <laughs> All right, boys, let's get your best bet in the north. Best bet is going to be the under on the Bengals. Huh, interesting. Interesting. What's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that these calf injuries are reoccurring. Joe Burrow starts the season slow anyway, uh, missing the preseason once again. I think they start the season slow again. And a lot of people thought talked about the offensive line being improved. They were 30th in pass rush win rate last year. They're still not good. They still have a bad offensive line. They made major changes this year. Again, the offensive line takes a while to gel. Uh, I think early season struggles for the Bengals. um, And the Bengals actually had pretty decent injury luck last year. They've got a. Can you quantify that for me? Uh, they well, they they only had six offensive linemen make starts, which is pretty good for a, a typical NFL team. Uh, none of their major stars missed significant time during the season on on the none of their offensive playmakers. Uh, but do we have? We're talking. Do we have uh, the the game count thing? The, the I did not look it up for them. I just yeah. looked up. I looked well, at their their game you, logs. Yeah. Um, why don't you look it up now, and Scott, give us your thoughts on this one. So I looked at the schedule for the Bengals, and they have two Monday night football games, and they also have a Thursday night football game. That Thursday night football game is on the road against the Ravens. But on the Monday nights that they have, we're talking about two games going into short weeks. So now you add in that Thursday night game on the road, and that's three games that they're going to have this year that's on short weeks, which gives them a disadvantage this season. So I don't think that the schedule is very friendly to them at all. And this might be the most competitive division in the NFL. And I think when you add in schedule inefficiencies with the difficulty of the division, the the under is always a safe play. Mm-hmm. Tenth lowest adjusted games loss for the Bengals. On offense or for overall. overall? Okay. So it's funny. I was just looking up strength of schedule. Um the the North is 15th, 16th, 18th, 19th. So, like, almost slightly below average. I agree with you. One of the tougher divisions. Mm -hmm. But just the way – I think they're playing the South and the NFC. NFC South, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, in general, I think the strength of schedule probably isn't the driver – Necessarily, they do have five games with a rest disadvantage, and that three of those I was talking about with the coming off the two Monday night games and then having to go the road game on the Thursday night to Baltimore. Okay, that's interesting. You know, the, when I looked into that rest disadvantage, it, it, it's very modest, but you know, I, I got to do a little more work on it because what I'm doing is looking at the work disadvantage. I'm sorry, the rest disadvantage combined with the travel disadvantage. Together, that can be problematic if they if they travel too many miles uh, recently. That's interesting. And, and you know, coming off their first Monday night game, they then travel to Tennessee. So that's to me not an advantageous spot. Short week with travel. Same thing with you know having to play a short week against Baltimore on the road is going to be tough for them as well. So the Fads and the boys pick this one. 
As also their, their best bet. Oh, also oh, okay. Star. Okay. And also on the under. So you guys now have two double likes. Um, All right, the one star now, over. Uh, one star over. And yes. this was a this was the other division. We had two divisions where we agreed completely. Mm-hmm. Two that we had conflict. All this right. was our second conflicting. So let's get the uh, actual division. pick, and we'll quickly talk All right. about All right. The actual pick is going to be the over on the Pittsburgh Steelers, over eight Ooh. and a half. Ooh. And you mentioned that schedule. Yes. So by the way, just to be clear, eight and a half would be nice. The market is now nine flat. Nine flat. Eight and a half was the opener. So we can get a push. <laughs> well, I'm, I was just going by DraftKings numbers, so we have the over eight and a half at minus 140. Okay, which is, which is almost nine. Yeah, yeah, so I'm comfortable with that number here. Uh, but the the one that says market number in blue is what we're grading by. All right. So, but, but here we go. The push is in play. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett is a lot better than people have given him credit for. Last season, uh, PFF ranked him like middle of the road, top 15 passing grade in his rookie year, and seventh lowest turnover-worthy play rate in the NFL amongst quarterbacks last year. And that's a really good sign for a rookie protecting the football. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got weapons. He, he got batters that you yes. went on. And he's got weapons. This Pittsburgh Steelers team is good. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens adding Allen Robinson. Those are good receivers. We already know Fryermuth is a capable tight end and Najee Harris at running back. There's a lot to love about this Steelers offense. In, even in a tough division, you mentioned they do play weak divisions in their non-divisional schedule. So looking at the Steelers' schedule, I do think it's manageable to the point where there are a lot of wins on this schedule that they're going to be favored by a decent amount in some of these games that I think that it's it's only going to be a matter of maybe one flip of a game, winning a game as a dog, that turns this under into an over. Yeah, so... I mean, really, we had the same debate last segment, which was, would you rather have a bunch of close games? Mm-hmm. You're saying a few, they have a few home games that look like, like, which are the games that look like the, I mean, obviously some of the ones against the South. Um, yeah, like home against, I think home against Tennessee, uh, home against Arizona, home against New England, home against, I uh, even think Green Bay. I think on the road wow. against on the road against Houston, they'll be favored. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we got the we got the or what's that Green Bay Pittsburgh? We got the numbers. Uh, we got that little grid, right? Let's see where that baby is. I think. Uh, yeah, we had it here. I'll pull it up in just a second. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, here's the thing about Pittsburgh, and we talked about this on Sov Am yep. last week. Pittsburgh has won, and, and we actually have the numbers. Pittsburgh has won. Uh, a higher percentage of close games in the last, I guess, since 2019, that only the Kansas City Chiefs have more. Steelers are three-point favorites over the Packers. And it's in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. Ah, they're saying they're a little better. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I don't listen. I was going – I was looking under early. I mean, like February because I just think they've been lucky. And I, and, and I think this Tomlin – you know, making this finally going up where it is, uh, you know, eight and a half open was exactly at, you know, I mean, ties happened. Steelers had one against, mm-hmm. I think, Detroit a couple years ago. But the idea of making it exactly at 50% was them saying, we don't really trust this. We don't think it matters. Well, the public spoke up and said, well, Tomlin wins at least nine games every year uh, in this new 17 game schedule. So bring it on. Now we're up to nine. Obviously, a lot better at eight and a half. They're favored in ten games this year, right now. 
And, and that's a way to look at it. I but mean, what he said is true. Like the Steelers lose a lot when they're favored. That's true. Like, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. But you'd rather them be favored. Sure. Right? All right. I, listen, I'm neutral on that one. Uh, I agree with you guys on the Bengals under. No crossfires yet. We got two more to go. Fez is back. By the way, as the AJ and Scott's walking out, their over was over Browns. Over Browns. So now it's, uh, and that was Fez and, and McKenzie. So now what we have, and we've gone over the games, and we'll go over them one more time. We're halfway through. I haven't bucked anyone yet. Hmm. They went uh, over Steelers. Over Steelers was AJ's. Well, you can't over. buck that. I don't know. I was thinking. I mean, I, someone told me last year they were 28. And what was their under? No, you were saying they were 28th in the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most upset I got ever. I know. Steelers are never 28. Never. All right, now we are in the South. We got the Jags, 9.8, down from 10 earlier. Titans, 7.6, up from 7.4. Colts, 6.5, down from 6.8. Texans, 6.2, down or up. Seven-tenths of a game from 5.5. We got a double... Bat, a two-star, what do we got? Houston under the 6.2. You know, they opened five and a half. I don't understand all this optimism from the opener. I know it. the optimism has ceased. Well, how, how has it ceased? Uh, it went up to like 6.35, and now it's down to 6.2. So it's all right. all finally right. some under money's coming. Guys goes to the hundreds when he wants to make his point. <laughs> it's true. 6.3 down to 6.2. But it's, it's all about the rookie quarterback. C.J. Stroud, I don't want to overreact. You hear this all the time. Don't overreact to preseason. RJ, I'm going to react mm-hmm. to back-to-back really bad games. I just don't think that he's ready at all. And here's a team, Houston, that won three games last year. So now they got to, they got to double their wins to get to seven. They won three and a half to beat me. And I just can't understand how they're going to do it without any kind of quarterback play. No, it all the, stems the theory to that. is the defense is really good. And I don't disagree. Yeah, but I just you you win with offense, and frankly, I know preseason doesn't matter, but when you get beat twenty eight to three, they 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 just got annihilated by Miami. That's a bad sign. That should not be happening with a rookie head coach and a team that did only won three games last year. You should not be getting curb stomped like that in the preseason. So Mackenzie, uh, we had a question about this. Next time you're on break, can you take a look at how teams do with a new D.C. but the same head coach? Uh, and, and specifically, you can give me the season win stuff, but also uh, if we can take a quick gander at, uh, early in the year, you yep. know, just ATS. Um, so what was your take on this? Because uh, the Texans, like, I mean, this is one of the biggest moves. And really, there was no, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, there was no information other than them getting that third pick and having like a double, you know, double helping in the first round, which doesn't. It should help them this year. Well, it should because it doesn't cost them anything this year. It costs them massively next year. Right. And it motivates them to do well this year because they don't want to be trading away or have traded away. I agree. But I also think there's another, as De Niro said in Heat, remember Pacino, they were sitting there, he goes, if you're going to make some poor uh, woman a. Widow, I'm gonna take you down, brother. Not gonna feel good about it. And hold on a sec. Yeah, and and uh, I don't think two people can do the same imitation though. But then, but then De Niro just looks at him for like seven seconds. He goes, "There's another side of that coin." <laughs> All right, uh, continue. I generally agree that rookie quarterbacks are not as or don't perform as well as the market expects. 
since 2017, if you're starting a rookie quarterback, you're 2-5-1 and one against your Vegas win total. You might say, why are you starting in 2017? Good question. Well, I think our database goes, goes back to two, 2016. Mm-hmm. And that year, Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz both exceeded expectations as rookies. Okay. And I think we've seen this throughout the NFL – the, pr- the premise is, let's just get these guys out there. Let's just see what they can do right but away. Dak started game one. Right. So, so if, if, Carson you, Wentz. if you include the whole database, then they're 4, 6, and 1. And I think well, that's a better you? number. But, I think it's, but still 4, 6, and 1. I ones. think that success in 2016 gave teams the idea, let's just put these guys out there. And that's why we've seen worse and worse performance from rookie quarterbacks and rookie quarterback-led teams. And that's actually, this could be a good point. So fundamentally, teams are like, oh, it's okay to start a rookie right. quarterback. Look at the success these teams have. And so teams have become overly ambitious, optimistic about the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, but who, what, what, I mean, other than Mahomes, what first rounder hasn't started? I mean, it's, when's the last? Jordan Love, late, late first rounder. Okay, continue. Aaron Rodgers, late first rounder. I don't In even 2003? know. 2003? Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is it, feel, it feels like, I mean, even EJ Manuel, whatever. I mean, you know, guys. What was he? With the Bills taking the I think seventeenth. I think. Yeah, I remember that for some reason. I actually think it was fifteenth. Why don't you look <laughs> it up and see? Um, I agree. In general, a rookie quarterback is not a good thing because the excitement, especially one taken so high, the excitement level. You're not gonna. You're not gonna believe this. Sixteenth. All right. The the excitement. Le- so Price is Right rules. You lose. I lose. <laughs> the excitement level is such that I think that you know. Hey, listen. This is up seven tenths for a reason, right? Is why would it be? It's it's certainly not the D lineman from Alabama mm-hmm. that's driving the whole seven tenths of a win. I think you're right that there's optimism in general about the defense. Yeah, but what's changed though? Meaning, what's changed is. <laughs> It feels like that's something we had the information on, right? Mm-hmm. Other than the— You're you know, right. The, so it does seem to me there's some irrational irrational exuberance. And I would make the case in Houston's preseason, it's not just Stroud doesn't look great. I think the playmakers look almost non-existent. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a great point. And if you look at these numbers, I mean, they're shocking. Stroud, first game, two for four, 13 yards— Throws in four, if, he, if he was three out of four, throws, throws, an, throws an interception. So um, 3.3 yards per, per play. interception rate? That's not very good. Yes, quarterback rating 17. And then the second game, 7 for 12 for 60 yards. You know, again, you know, two two duds in a row. Um, and he's, he's, he's going to be their starter. I mean, it's just it, – it, 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 it has the potential to be absolute disaster. And, and what I was going to say about the other side of the coin, a la De Niro, is if Houston starts to free fall – there is going to be a lot of uh, recrimination to go around because Good word. because they they have traded that pick. So to me, that could be dangerous. I mean, I wouldn't mind looking at Houston to be candid. Worst team on a, like a worst team or an yeah. alternative win total. I think they have a chance to go over two, but I think it could, there's a long fat tail at the bottom. They could win two or three games, yeah. and, you know, and no one would be surprised. Um, you know, and we're looking at this division. We're trying to decide, well, who are we going to go over? Because we don't like these rookie quarterbacks. We don't like Indy at all because we're all we're really so worried about got? Richardson. Well, we got to choose between Jacksonville and Tennessee, and we weren't sure. Ultimately, we went with Tennessee. 
just because of you know Tannehill being injured, no backup quarterback last year. Last year, yep. last year, and because of that, obviously we're not thrilled with the idea. We might lose our bet because Tannehill could get if Tennessee is like four and five, and Tannehill gets benched, and then they got to go with Levis or with Willis. We're They're probably- paying Tannehill a lot of money. Yes, I, and, and and Vrabel is known to want to win games. I, there's all this talk about benching Tannehill. If you wanted to bench Tannehill, are you paying him? I think he has the biggest cap hit of any player in the NFL this year. I think. Take a look at that. I think you just don't – I don't think you bring him back. I don't know what it was if you would have cut him or whatever, but what I'm saying is if you bring him back, you're letting him play the year, I think, especially if you're Vrabel, mm-hmm. right? If you want to tank, why not just have a bad rookie quarterback play? So I have a good coach. I have a capable quarterback. I have a division with two bad teams in it. Um, easily, Tennessee could be three and one against those teams. It, it, it sure Playmate, s- questions a playmaker. Uh, new, no doubt. Hopkins obviously older. Um, Tannehill's second highest cap hit, thirty-seven million. Who's first? Mahomes, thirty-nine. Okay, and the, the if you think about it, Henry's going to get old. At some point. I mean, it was three years ago, Faz, you thought he had hit the wall. So, right? I mean, after the 370 carries mm-hmm. or, or whatever that, you know, rule of 370. And he did finally get banged up, you know. Yeah, so well, the Injuries, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it had I mean, to be right one year. <laughs> yeah, injuries happen, right? I, I mean, he came back. Well, he only came back for the, well, no, that was the year before he got he When, he, when he came back in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't hurt last year. What were his numbers last year? Well, I know his over-under was like 1,500 yards, and you were laughing at it, I think he got close, I think. Let's take a gander at it. But, I mean, the reality is he's starting to go into uncharted territory for this era. 1,540 yards. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, he's really slowing down. <laughs> I mean, the guys, and he didn't have a quarterback half the year. And they still won seven games. So it's kind of like everything went wrong last year, and they won seven games well, last year. Well, remember now, they beat Green Bay badly on a Thursday night, and their record at that point, I think it was like 7-2 and two or something. I think they almost beat the Chiefs, right? They lost but their last on, seven. You're changing my no, They were 7-3. So. and three, They lost their last seven games of the season. Mm. So, I mean, they were sitting at 7-3 and three at one point, and so now the question is, and I, and I think this applies to a couple teams. Detroit, Tennessee, um, Jacksonville. If you believe the second half of the year uh-huh. is the case, Detroit is an elite team, Jacksonville is an elite team, Tennessee is a horrible team. Right Now, by logic, it would seem the second half would be a lot more important. Mm-hmm. But when I speak to people, they're like, no, it doesn't really seem to matter. It doesn't. They all kind of wait, wait the same going forward. Yeah, I agree with that um, mostly. I think there's narrow situations. I think with a rookie emerging or a player emerging from never having been good to good, like Trevor Lawrence, it's mm. more meaningful. That I agree with. Right? Yeah. I think, and if a player is getting old, it can be meaningful. Or a quarterback change, just in general. I mean, you know. Now, what is it again? If you had just had a quarter, a change of quarterback, like Brock Purdy takes oh, over, you oh, know, things yeah. like that. You know, the fundamental. Well, the question the is, what's going to be next year? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think the 16 or 17 games is enough. I'm, it's enough, but I'm saying statistically, the, even the whole season, I, I I believe you still hold priors even into the playoffs myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of a, you know, I'm conservative compared to you, Fez. All right, that's interesting. One more stat, one more stat for you guys. They were the third most unlucky Who's team. They? The Tennessee Titans, the third most unlucky team in close games. They should have won eight and a half games. Only won seven. I feel like it snowballed with the injuries. Had 23 players on the on the IR to end the season. 
It's just an aberration. Throw it out. For, Vrabel's four and one. He had the year from hell versus season win total. I trust the four years prior to be more of the standard. All right. Well said. On to the next, the B team, we'll call. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. All right, here we are. They're finally here. All right. We are in the South. Two-star. What do you got? We're going to go with under on the Indianapolis Colts, under six and a half. Ooh, no bet on the Colts from the other crew. Wow. I, that's case. surprising. I think the Colts kind of sealed their fate as for me as being an under team when they announced Anthony Richardson was going to start. Richardson, to me, was the – the least NFL ready of the QBs taken early. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of learning on the fly. He he played behind an elite offensive line at Florida last year. The Colts offensive line, even though they've got Quentin Nelson, who used to be really good, is far from elite. They already have the Jonathan Taylor drama. They don't have a real wide receiver one for him to lean on. I just think that he's set up to fail early on. Uh, he may, I, I do think there's upside to him long term. I just oh, think you this think year it's, the it's most not, athletic quarterback yeah, ever. It's just not right now. But and, I think also what you've seen and what we saw last year with Anthony Richardson was he had an absolute lights out game the first game of the year against Utah to the point where people were saying he should be in the Heisman race. And then the rest of the season just all went downhill. Maybe a tape got out on him on that game. Other people started figuring out how to play defense against him. And that's what happens in the NFL. I think there's going to be a big adjustment. Andy Richardson might show flashes this year of being absolutely dynamic. But I think for the most part, over the long haul of the season, it's not going to go well for him. I don't have faith in Shane Steichen as a rookie head coach of navigating this season and being successful. There's going to be a lot is of... There, is there something specifically about Steichen or you just in general don't like rookie head coaches? I just don't like rookie head Coaches that have, to me, guy got had a great season with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and all of a sudden he's ready to be an NFL head coach. Well, we'll we will find well, but out. Wouldn't you make the case if you had a running quarterback that he's the best guy on earth right now to develop him? Well, that's why they drafted him. I think it makes sense. I agree. Yeah. It, but I don't think in year one we're going to see it come to fruition. But They're favored in only two I, games I guess this the, year. I guess the question is: a six and a half. That means that they have to lose 11 games yes. for you guys to win this bet. Is, isn't is it assumed? I mean, this is literally the Texans are a third of a game less and the Raiders are a third of the game less. The Colts are at the very bottom of the mm-hmm. AFC. So this is, you know, to me, in fact, uh-oh, it's going to be my first crossfire. Oh, wow. And my, my thinking here is this. What were the Colts – expectations coming into the last year uh, uh certainly the playoff favorite they, well they yeah it was them and the titans were looked no, at no, as no, the, they were the playoff favorite oh it i thought they were like co-favorites no no it wasn't even close actually that um i'm not sure mckenzie has that or not but no i the um start of season colts were minus 140 titans were plus 225 Okay, so I'm confused. Uh, it's exactly the numbers I remember. Yeah, I mean, and just the win totals were right. The Colts were close to ten if you with the juice, and the Titans were close to nine with the juice. Like you know, with this show, we are stopping every you know five minutes for a minute. So Mackenzie jumped in and said, "Hey, RJ was right." In fact, I'll let you say it, Mackenzie. RJ was right. (laughs) But it was a situation where one was close to 10, one was closer to nine, and the division was uh, Tennessee, or I'm sorry, Indianapolis was the clear face. Yes. Um, My only reason to bring that up is what's changed? No Jonathan Taylor. 
Well, do we know Rookie that? Rookie quarterback. Well, hold on. Do, I mean, what do you think the odds of Jonathan Taylor, you think he's going to pull Le'Veon Bell? No, they, they, gave, they gave him do permission. Do you really think there's any chance he's going to get traded? Yes, I think in the next three weeks he's gone. And I think he ends up on the Dolphins, which so makes me worried about my Dolphins. Odd, what kind of odds would you give me? I would say he. I would. I would lay minus one fifty. He's gone before week one. All right. I think I'm gonna make a bet on that. Is that fair? Yep. All right. Who, uh, Fez, what do you think of those odds? Take your time with it, Mackenzie. Push the button. It's the first time Fez ever spoke in the control room. Well, I wasn't listening. All right. But I would say that it's likely Jonathan Taylor is going to wind up on a new team. I'd say fifty-five percent. Ooh, he made it minus one fifty. I said no. Mm. So at least I, I wasn't off by two hundred and fifty cents like the other one. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you a question though. What's your rationale on that? Uh, just the, the talk radio the last thirty six hours. Oh, oh okay. the, 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 It seems directionally it's moved from oh he's going to play for the Colts to. Um, well, what the, is this talk radio? Agent, you know, what does talk radio know? They're telling him, you know, go find somebody new to play for. You know, and, work and out what, a deal. But the Colts are going to demand a first-round pick. Then it's not going to happen. Yeah, and then do you think? Let me ask you this: I think the trade would happen if he would play on the same contract. And they said, hey, you know, we'll talk to you next year. Oh, sure. But I don't think that's what he's going to accept. No, right? he wants to find a team that will give him an extension, yes. So he had his worst year last year by far. I mean, it was a blow. It was not even an average year, right? We can agree to that. Yes. And now he wants to get some, the last person that got the, He wants the Zeke Elliott deal. Well, and his, but, the, but you have to give a first-round pickup to get him. How's that going to happen? I, we had this debate on SOVAM yesterday morning. Who, who uh, did you take? I'm on your side. I, I think it's it's more difficult to move him than that. Okay. Well, I think they can move him. It's, well, I think it's more difficult to get what like they said they want a first or picks that a uh, like yeah. are the equivalent of a first. Mm-hmm. And then the number that Jonathan Taylor's been quoted at is twenty million dollars a year. Like that's a. But even if he wanted like the, what, what um, Jacobs wanted, if he wanted what, the, the if he wanted multiple years of what the current uh, the cat or the um, franchise franchise tag is, I think even that once you've given up a first round pick is a hard pill to swallow for. Especially him. he just had his worst year. He only yeah. had two good years. He's in his third year. They own him his fourth year. They got the fifth year um, option, obviously. Then they got a ca- they got a franchise. They got him for year four, year five, year six. They've only had him for three years. He's at the fifty percent mark of his commitment to the Colts. I I can't even imagine they would give him. Who would give him a deal? Well, without- he doesn't have a fifth year option because he was a second round pick. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So this is the, he's going into the last year of his deal now. Well, but obviously the franchise. Yeah, franchise but, but is good a bit. correction there. Um, Maybe I'm right, though. No. <laughs> Fez, what do you think now that we've talked this through? Yeah, well, I mean, the whole first round thing is ludicrous because with the first round pick, I can get somebody on a rookie deal that's every bit as good over the next three well, years. Well, maybe better what he is, because, right? again, he was not good last year, right? And maybe he got beat up a little bit. I don't know. I like the plus 150, I'll tell you that much. All right, what else we On got? the other side, the defense didn't create any pressure last year, and now they lose Stephon Gilmore out of the back end, didn't really replace him. Uh, I, I think they're more vulnerable against the pass. And then Wait a minute, Stephon Gilmore, he went from Carolina to the Colts last year? I didn't. I forgot that for some reason, and now he's in He's Dallas. gone, yeah. And then uh, the they have to go to Baltimore, they have to go to Cincinnati, oh, they have to go to this. Atlanta. Every team has tough games. Okay. Well, I mean, what's their strength? What do you have as their strength of schedule? Um, 
I think maybe at some point you should learn we like those composite numbers. They're favored in three games this well, year. That's another way to look at it. Right like now, you said, in that divi- they're tw- I think they're, they're 21st. Co- all right, my uh, composite has them 29th, 29th. So, not, you know, so I don't think their schedule is the problem. Okay. Right? Would you agree? Yeah. All right. Uh, personally, I like that this game, it's six and a half. It opened 6.8. I don't understand how the Colts could be looked at more poorly than they did right after the Super Bowl. Steichen was, I think Steichen was rumored at that point, right? Because even mm-hmm. the week of the Super Bowl, I think. Um, but I think it's a you – know, They listen, there was a chance that, uh, Richardson could have went one. And, and apparently that's who they wanted all along, right? At least the owner did. So I think in hindsight, I think Richardson should have went one. Myself, meaning if you're picking a quarterback one, can you pick a five eight guy? Right, I don't think you can. Myself, I I can't pick a guy who played thirteen games since high school. Well, we're not talking about Trey Lance. That's Anthony Richardson played oh. thirteen games since he graduated high school. Well, I, here here's where my mind turned around. They people believe with his running ability, and he's running more like Cam than he is like Lamar. That, you know, maybe that doesn't last a long time or, you know, 10 years. But this year, doesn't that raise the basement more than anything? The ability to run. Like, look at Justin Fields. He is running or throwing horribly last year. And he got MVP excitement. Right? So, I do believe, and he's entering his third year. How many games did the Bears win last year? Three, was it? (laughs) No, well... See, that's interesting. I'll I let think, Anthony Richardson run all over the place if it's going to make well, three wins. If, yeah, but if, if, if you – I mean, the Bears had one – it goes back to my point about last year. This Colts team isn't much very different. Now, listen, the O-line had problems. Now, is this now the new normal or was it an aberration? Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's probably 50-50. You know? So I think it's possible it's the new normal. But the, you would have made the case, other than quarterback – the Colts were one of the six or seven best um, rosters entering last year because to be a win total as high as they had, almost 10, and them have such questions of quarterback with Matt Ryan being the selection. I think most people thought Matt Ryan was an upgrade over Carson Wentz. Well, I don't I, I mean, the question well, the question was, what Matt Ryan were you getting? And, and like he hadn't been really good for like three years, so I don't know. Um Carson Wentz had a good year. That's the funny thing. It's it's not going to be revisionist history because he had one bad game or really bad game at the end. They lost to the Jags, right, to to miss the playoffs. Yep. And and then he played bad in Washington. So I think it's a revisionist history. Pull up his stats. They're shockingly. I think it's like 35 touchdowns and eight interceptions or something. It's like shocking what Wentz had. Um, but apparently the owner again didn't you know didn't like him. Twenty seven touchdowns, seven picks. Yeah, I mean that's a mo- I mean that's not bad. Yeah. So you know, and 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 Matt Ryan played what five games? No, he played more than that. Twelve. He yeah. played twelve. Yeah. And then they still like when Jeff Saturday came in, he started saying, "Ah, oh, Sam Ellinger's our quarterback now. Nick Foles well, is our start quarterback." Saying he decided as the head. Well, coach. he did as the head as the head coach that wasn't really a head coach. Well, what do you mean? I mean, he had no idea what he was doing. Look up and um, how, are you in a position to judge what Jeff Saturday knows about football? No, but am I in a position to say that he like he had no experience that led you to believe well, he could be an NFL head coach? Maybe that was the whole point, wasn't it? 
it, it, and I think in hindsight, we can say, yeah, he wasn't a head coach. Because like, it, it's, where's he coaching this year? Well, I, I mean, where is Urban Meyer coaching this year? Well, he's not because he's no longer he's not an NFL head coach. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me, let, but he's he's one of the best college head coaches of all he time, was. right? Well, do you think he lost that? Uh, I think if Urban Meyer went to college now, I I think I, I don't think he would have the success that he did. Because what he, he would gouge scheme by all the geniuses now? Uh, no, I th- I just think that his the charm is off of Urban Meyer. He's like still, the recruiting isn't he char- back of Fox. I think it's yeah. harder. For, I think it's going to be harder for Urban Meyer to sit in moms and dads' living rooms now than it was fifteen years ago. Yeah, but wouldn't it be harder to be uh, like on Fox? It seems to be more about making people smile and like people That's saying, true. "Oh, they, I mean, I was surprised they hired him back. They must." Like, I was too. Yeah. Well, the documentary just came out. I haven't watched it yet on the uh, that Florida Gators team. So, we'll we'll see where Urban Meyer his Q rating is after people watch this. I've already seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yeah. Didn't go well. So, so he gets blamed for that, but Belichick doesn't. No, I was just saying, like, of of the story of that team, Aaron Hernandez is like a whole. That's a. Oh well, but Tim Tebow was on that team, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. I guess it evens out. <laughs> <laughs> is it one Hernandez against Tebow in a trade? Like, yeah, well, that uh, washes out. All right. So I went against you guys with the Colts. I believe that this is a team that was a top six or seven roster, or at least perceived. Now they played poorly. I believe it was a sabotage job. I believe that they didn't care. They weren't going to do anything that year. They fired a coach. And somehow, some way, they, t- they, they got a coach you were saying wasn't good enough to even coach, but somehow no one thought he was tanking because he's so crazy that it was like, oh, that's crazy Ursay. <laughs> and it's like, huh, this is brilliant. They're losing a bunch of games. They're getting a potential franchise quarterback. And what did it cost them? Like, what was the cost? The rest of Frank Reich's contract. Yeah, but they wanted, I mean, they didn't want Frank Reich well, anyway. And, and I'm guessing now that, did he have one year left? I'm guessing now he's got another job they don't have yeah. to pay. Yeah. So, but doesn't that call into question any stats we look at from last year if we believe that's the case? Or even if we just believe it's Saturday's incompetence is the whole, hey, what do we do with last year? What was their fourth quarter wins? Maybe it doesn't apply with a team that maybe either had incompetence at head coach or active. I don't think Saturday was in on it. I think Ursay's like I'm playing 3D chess or something. All right, what's your over? The over is the Tennessee Titans, uh, and it's easy to forget that the Titans were 7-3 and three last season because they lost their last seven games of the year. Uh, they got a bunch of injuries. They collapsed, and the three at the end of the year were with a quarterback situation being what it was, being competitive in those games with Josh Dobbs. Think about this. If they would have won that Jacksonville game, if the, it, that was a game to get them into the playoffs – Josh Dobbs fumbles. They have the ball with under three minutes to go and a lead. Yeah, they started seven and three, and they ended very poorly. They had a very competitive game against the Chiefs on a Sunday night, Mm -hmm. and uh, they almost won that last game. By the way, Tennessee over was their one star. Same with you guys. And um, their under was under Texans. Okay, so, that was con- under consideration for us as well. Now, I'm going to do something a little different here. We'll hear the rest of your analysis quickly um, uh, on that pick with the uh, Titans. But I'm going to let you guys stay here for the fourth division. So every time now there's been an overlap, I'm guessing there isn't in 
the West Ooh. if you guys go first. So I'm calling an okay. audible. Okay. Do you want me? How about this? Do you want me to write our picks down? No, before we, we're uh... just gonna. We're not gonna have any <laughs> okay. shenanigans. But uh, finish up on the Titans. So I, I like the offensive weapons. Uh, obviously, bringing in DeAndre Hopkins is massive to their wide receiver room. I know Traylon Burks suffered the injury, but they're saying it's the best case scenario, so he's not going to be out for too long. But having Hopkins there gives Tannehill a legit weapon on the outside. There's a lot of people that are very high on the tight end on Kwanku. And Tajay Spears at running back was one of the top running backs in the country last year for at Tulane. And he really provides a compliment to Derrick Henry to the point where— he still had 1,500 yards. To the point where they don't have to run Henry as much as they did or they have in the past where they can actually split carries and keep him healthy, mm-hmm. which is the most important part of this Well, not overworked, yeah. So okay. having, having a legit running back in Tajay Spears along with Derrick Henry does give Rabel in this offense flexibility to preserve Derrick Henry for when they need him later in the season. And we talked about adjusted injury loss. Mm -hmm. The Titans on defense lost the most. Yeah, uh, throughout the year. It was especially bad in the second half. Yeah, I think if you looked at their uh, just people on IR or something, it was like a record. Yeah, it was ridiculous. We kept on picking against them last year. These guys were dropping like flies. All right. So we have so far we have, and we'll do a recap here after. And what we'll do is have these guys just join and, and present, and then we'll have the, a quick roundtable at the end. We're going to the West. Let me read the lines. We got the Chiefs up a little bit, 11.7 wins, the most in the AFC. Chargers exactly flat, 9.7 open, 9.7 now. Broncos, 8.5, exactly 8.5 was the open. The Raiders down more than any team in the AFC, down a full game, 7.2 to 6.2. Tom Brady's not walking through that door. Two star, what do you got? Denver Broncos. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You got. Yeah, Denver Broncos under eight and a half. Ooh. And uh, I, I just want to say this from right to start. This we expect Sean Payton to have an impact on the Denver Broncos team. Mm-hmm. But are we sure, or, or do we know for a fact? Like, does Russell Wilson suck? <laughs> like, do we know that Russell Wilson's just going to bounce back because Sean Payton's his head coach? Maybe what we saw from Russell Wilson and the reason why Seattle was willing to just say goodbye is because he might be washed. He might not be the same guy. What we saw from Russell Wilson last year just might be who he is. Mm-hmm. Now, and they've got to go from a five-win team to a nine-win team how to did beat it, us. How here. did it look during the preseason? I mean, it... I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't watched every snap. I haven't seen a whole lot of the preseason on the Broncos, but I would imagine that Sean Payton's doing a fine job in the preseason. But right. it's, I'm going to go against you guys on this one. Okay. Uh, listen, this is a, a play to me. The, the Broncos couldn't improve their roster this offseason. They don't have any draft they capital. They couldn't improve their roster. They spent like $70 they got, million. They got a couple offensive linemen. Yeah. Awesome. They had no draft picks. They had no draft capital because they traded it all for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Three firsts, three seconds they gave up for mm-hmm. those two guys. And we but don't they were know. One of the biggest spenders in the offseason. I mean, free agency isn't efficient spending typically, but it's. Uh, I would make the case that two fifths of the offensive line. Now, again, we can question McGlinchey because San Francisco people have a lot of different opinions about that. But um, the. Uh, they certainly upgraded the O-line. I mean, no they doubt. got a very young, not as well-known uh, guard from the Ravens. Um, yeah, Ben Powers is his name. Yeah, okay. So I'm not sure what your point is. You're saying that rookies that don't really contribute necessarily very much the first year anyway, they didn't have, like, 
a first round pick, but and a second round pick, but what they got on the lineman was bigger than they could have gotten on two. And that's enough to get them from five wins to nine wins. Well, the question is, how many wins were they supposed to have last year? They had a historically bad coach that that it was a catastrophe, right? And you had a situation where if, if you look at the uh, Mackenzie, pull me up um, Denver's fourth quarter win share, please. I don't think he's hearing me. Mackenzie, fourth quarter win share. Denver. Do you hear me? Yep. Fourth Th- quarter win share for Denver was. They were 2.2 games unlucky. That was worst in the league. All right. So how many games should they have won? 7.1. Yep. 7.2. Yep. 7.2, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, they had a lot of close losses. The defense should still be exceptional. And you got a, a genius offensive mind right I'm not saying this is an easy I think you guys I mean here's the question if I would have told you last year that you could bet Denver and and you didn't think it was the market it was just someone was offering it to you Denver over uh eight and a half which is saying an exactly 500 team the next year you would have made a monster bet on the over right and now what's what have we what is fundamentally we went from one of the worst coaches to one of the best or maybe the worst and we went with Russell Wilson maybe showing his age, and I think probably showing his age. Mm-hmm. But these guys made a point on the Cleveland. They said Deshaun Watson maybe was thought to be a fifth or sixth best quarterback in the league. Maybe he's not that, but can he be the 12th or 14th? If Russell Wilson is the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, do you guys like your bet? I'm fine with the bet if he's the fourth. If, he, if he's a middle, so like if he's a, a middle of the road so you average, have an average quarterback, quarterback, yeah, an elite defense. Not only the defense is elite anymore. Getting rid of Bradley Chubb, getting rid of Von Miller, well, those things Bradley have started Chubb, to add up. Von Miller got it was two years ago. They got well, rid. But of you, you think the the defense was elite last year? It was. It maybe was the best defense in the NFL. I mean, it was elite, elite. Take a look. I mean, they had the sixth worst pass rush grade in the NFL well, last no, no, year. No, 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 they were 11th in DVOA defensively. That's they, that's not elite. I mean, they, I mean, look at their scores. The Denver Broncos had an elite defense. Now, um, if you know, here's what's interesting. And Mackenzie, do me a favor on this one. Get the at one point the defense gave up on them. Remember, there was like three games in a row. Yeah. Give me the DV or not the DV. Oh, you can do that. Or give me the EPA on defense up to the the point where you know the 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 thing imploded, right? Yeah. At the, the end hi- of the year, the highest, I think one of the highest paid defensive coordinators, if not, I don't think he's the highest, but one of the highest is I. He's got a funny name. Um, at least to me, uh, the defense coordinator there went to Carolina. But but you know now again I think that that um, Denver has the the coaching ability to be fine though that's a young up and comer. Jairo Ivero. Jairo yeah. Ivero. Yeah. Um, and Vance Joseph is now back which, at Denver's. Again, DC. he was at the Cardinals, right? So yeah. So I mean, one of the named defensive guys. I I personally think you're buying low here, and I think that. I think maybe the whole thing swings on Denver's D because I'm going to guess I'm going to get a number back somewhere around four or five is what up until the last couple of games. And you can say, well, you're cherry picking those no, games. That's fine. That's but, fair. Yeah, I, I do believe they quit on that team. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. In a second. I love if McKenzie I, gets I mean, it at any point. You love Sertan. I mean, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I also look back in of the five wins they had last year. One was against Arizona. 
One was against the Texans. Now, I mean, we're telling you we should have. They should have won seven point whatever game. So it's hard to go back and say they were the least lucky team in the league and say they won too many games. I mean, you know, the, the given is they should have won more games. Well, one of the games that they did win was the last game of the season against the Chargers, where the Chargers had their second team defense on the field when they went ahead when they scored a go ahead and touchdown because Chargers were clinched. <laughs> Clinch for what? For like the, the they'd AC? already clinched their playoff spot. You think they would have wanted to get a the win? The playoffs. You that's what they, they clinched. You think they might have wanted to get Except a win? Except they didn't. Maybe, they'd already lost. Maybe my, that's they, why they were out of shape for the second half so. of that game. Maybe so. All right. So what do we got, McKenzie? Through week 13, they were the fourth best defense. All right. So, yeah. Scott, you're starting to look side-eyed at AJ. Saying, well, the coordinator's <laughs> gone. <laughs> now, that's an interesting question. All right, so I, I'm I'm feeling good. You guys got one more? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Chargers over. Oh. <laughs> Grab your button. Yeah, no, I want to hear the case first. I almost pushed. I want to hear the case. All right, the wide I'll... receivers weren't healthy. Yeah, no. listen. <laughs> uh, they only had 40 million in receivers. Kellen Moore should be a great fit for Justin Herbert. All the complaints last year was. Lombardi didn't know when to run the ball. He didn't want to throw the ball down the field. You're so not to remember, you're Lombardi not... was a Sean Payton guy. I know. And Sean Payton trusted him really strong. Like, who thinks they know? I'm not saying you even. All the Lombardi talk is, is ludicrous to me. But go ahead. But Kellen Moore is going to be more willing to go down the field. Is what he's... Well, but here's the question. When has Herbert in the NFL ever gone down the field? He has not. So has Lombardi been there every year? No, he's not. He's been changing offense. There's a head year. coach now, I think, that had him one year, right? But when when you're changing Steichen. your offensive coordinator every year, oh, so it's that. But you're saying it's an upgrade. I think it is an upgrade. But isn't it a change? It is a change. By the way, speaking of the change, new head coach and new DC since 2016. That's as long as our database goes back. 14, 18, and one on the win total, minus 0.3 games. And the first four weeks, 45% against the spread. So I think the case could be made. And uh, in, in which team was that we were looking at? The, this was a question that came up with you. It was a new D.C. And we were talking about the um, how quickly the transition would happen. The oh, the Dolphins. We were talking about the Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins and Fangio. So a slight negative. Yeah, there you go. But go ahead. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, well, you wanted to be. You were saying it was negative. Yeah, yeah. But I, I appreciate you bringing that back up. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but now you're going to make the case it doesn't matter on offense. Well, no, I'm not making it. I mean, I, I do think that it, it could be a hindrance. But I do think going downfield is going to certainly help uh, the Chargers more than they, – they've got to go down the field more than they did last year. That's why they made the change. On top of that – my, you know, Scott already has uh, pointed out the receivers were not healthy last season. The, this team in general wasn't healthy last season. The left tackle played three games. Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa missed most of the season on IR. J.C. Jackson missed most of the season on IR, 11 games. If the Chargers catch some injury luck, they can easily win 10 games. All we got to do is win how many games they won last year. When healthy, they're a top 10 roster in the NFL. And I don't even think it's debatable. They might even be top eight roster in the NFL. Uh, you look at just just the skill position players, but on defense, how loaded are they on defense? Real quick, Mackenzie, can you get me uh, the Chargers um, since 16 every year, just their aggregate win totals? Yep. Go ahead. So Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, Jr., Asante you know, If Samuel, this was 2019 Jr. or 2018, that'd be a hell of a team. Now, Jackson, Bill Belichick said, thank you, son, we don't need any more from you. And they paid a, a king's ransom. And he wasn't playing well before he got hurt. 
So I'm not sure how much we're going to exalt Jackson right now, right? Sure. And and Khalil Mack, he's seen better days. Still, I agree with that. Yeah. But I think when you're putting him Is across from Bosa, like how how much if, does Bosa play? Well, he missed. That's what he missed all last season. He misses most seasons, right? Yeah. And so does um, the, their safety, right? Derwin James. Yeah, he plays like three or four games a year, easy. Well, again, like if we're just going to and they'll that, win those. If, three if they're going to lose games. all those games that they're hurt, then. Yeah, it, yeah, we're probably this is a bad what, bet. What was the Cardinals on the game's loss thing? Can, can you make that the Chargers? Bet? You, you mean? can't think I can read that, right? I just want to see the the, the net result. All right, and you guys, come on in. I'm going to let them stay here. Let's keep this going. Right now, Chargers are favored in 12 games this year, and of the games that they're underdogs in, they're plus one at Denver, plus two at home to KC, plus one at home to Buffalo, plus two at the Jets. We're going through their wins. I'm, I'm, just looking at their, I'm just looking at the spreads. So they're favored in 12 games, and the games that they're dogs, they're no more than a two-point dog. Okay, so Chargers since 2016, seven years, two times over, five times under, under by about seven-tenths of a game. The Chargers are renowned that they're the, someone's they're a disappointment every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, the defense, they do seem to get injured every year, too. Apparently they're cheap. And they don't pay enough to the trainers enough. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm going to bet the over. You know, I was thinking about it. I made a big mistake. I should have took Herbs. And then I could have – it would have been a free – talk about a free roll. Right? Because if Herb went well, I <laughs> just – But you didn't like, want him. You said I like know. you actively didn't want him. Yeah, but then when I heard that scouting report, I didn't want him. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. All right. Things so are you turning guys go to your now. normal seats and we'll just finish this baby up. But – Amazingly, amazingly, no overlap. No overlap. No crossfires, you mean? No, 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 no. Oh. No double likes. There was a double like in every... You guys had the same pick as these guys in the first three when you guys went second. And I predicted somehow... Yeah, McKenna, you'll just do it from your... That sounds accusatory. Oh, it is. That's absurd. But did you see see that I... Did I do it in real time? You did. All right. And somehow it didn't happen. It's, I guess it's yeah. <laughs> Did you see that fast? Well, there's at least a one in sixteen type of chance that there'd be no matches or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got there those guys in the West. Uh what do you got, Fez? Two star. Best bet Kansas City under eleven point seven. You know what? I gotta give McKenzie all the credit for this because I told him, you know, I like KC under. And at some point, just not having any skill position players left. It's going to be a big problem with Kelsey getting older and a bunch of wide receiver threes with God at quarterback. But I think McKenzie trumped me. I got to tell you, this, I think this is some of the best research, and I know, RJ, you told him to do it. So well, I don't know if I told him. Oh, pregame ahead. research. Go ahead. But, um, and I'm summarizing for him. So the O-line is the factor that the markets just never pay enough attention to, the, the lack of continuity to an O-line. So it turns out if you have a top – half O-line, and you lose three starters, or you lose two starters, but one of those two starters is elite, defined to be one of the top 32 linemen, or you lose your center. So you lose two guys, and one of them's a key cog. You just fall off the cliff season win-wise. These numbers are incredible. Two and 24, betting these teams under, to the tune of minus 2.3 wins versus expected in the season win market, and Kansas City qualifies because they lost two starters on the O-line, including their left tackle, four-time Pro Bowl Orlando Brown, who went to the Bengals. 
So, Mackenzie, how, how would you characterize the way that, that uh, we came up with that? It was pretty awesome and pretty natural. Every year we looked at you know some of these trends and we kept honing it. And you had the great idea last year, like, let's just eliminate the bad O-lines because they want turnover. They want to you know shake up the snow globe. Mm-hmm. So last year, that's what we did. We took out all the bad O-lines. If you're 17th or worse by uh, PFF blocking grade, we just looked at the best O-lines. And it's shocking. Last year it was Tampa Bay and the Rams. They went combined eight and a half games worse than Vegas expected. And you just go down the year, year after year. This so the trend way the continues. way the two starter qualified was because of how good uh, or, the tackle was. Yeah. It went to the Bengals. Orlando Brown was thirtieth yeah. uh, of all linemen in PFF. We cut it off at top thirty-two guys, one per team, best guy in your team on average. Two and twenty-four. Wow. Okay. This is some. I think this might be the best research of you, you've you've done on anything. I mean, it's just it's oh, just but, a, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a collaborative effort for sure. Um. What's Andy Reid's record in Kansas City on the win totals? One sec. A little hint, Fez. He's never. I don't think he's ever gone under. I like it even better. Oh, you 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 don't think there's any an elite coach that goes over every year? You think you that makes you happy? You yeah, say, I want to fade that. And, and Andy, he's due. you know what's interesting is you you actually said you know Andy Reid's starting to look a little bit like. Like well, wearing like, you know, long and tooth. We've done those studies about these Hall of Fame coaches. I think Andy Reid's sixty three. So he's once they go past sixty. Yeah. See, I disagree you worry. with Andy Reid just because they, he's such a grinder, and I think that he dropped off in that Patriot or um, that Buck Super Bowl because his son. Yeah, let's just say I'm speculating, situation. but it seems like a distraction would have been warranted. Oh, I guess he went under by half game last year. So, so or two years ago. So, so how many years we're going back to 13 here, right? Yeah, his so, first year with KC, he's 9 and 1 to the over. He usually goes over by two wins per season. So, how many aggregate wins has he gone over in 10 years? 20 and a half. So, two games a year as he goes. And what was the average win total? Oh my god. Well, I guess the first couple of years it was kind of low. 9.7. <laughs> And that's with a 16-game so schedule. Wait, what it, so, what is, so what is he averaged in, in wins then per year? Like 11 points. 11.7. Okay, so think about this. I know there's another half game. But remember now, remember, you, if you take away year one and two when it, the win total was below 500, or even just do, since Mahomes started. Yeah, since Mahomes is good. All right. 12.8. 12.8 right, so, is his actual wins. And what was the win total? 11.7. 10.7. Oh, he's dealt ten point seven, and now it's eleven point seven. So I, I make the case that you know the, I, I mean it, this is clear. Somehow this is gonna be you want to bet against Andy Reid. <laughs> well, if, if Andy Reid is winning twelve point seven games, and I can take off take off two point three wins from the for the O line, yes, I want to bet against Andy Reid. He can be do a great job coaching, and Casey can win ten games, and Here, we cash. Here's the thing. I mean, it's my trend, or Mackenzie and I's trend. But I'm not sure it applies here. And that's the thing about doing long-term trends. You can't look and, and, and judge every game. But what we're effectively saying is you had a really good O-line and you lost such a big piece of it, either by by number or by a little lesser number but importance, that there's no way you could have um, reloaded. Yes, it feels like you can make the case Kansas City has a better O-line this year. Like, that's the speculation. If you mm. look at the preseason – um, like unit rankings, KC is a top five line. They 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 let Brown go, and 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 Brown signed at a discount 
in Cincinnati. Well, I mean, he got 64 mil for four years, so he got he got a big contract. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he wanted top, you know, five. I mean, well, that's interesting. So, Mackenzie, take a quick look at um, Brown's number, average number, and against, uh, or just look at this year's number, I guess, if it's mm-hmm. if it's commensurate, and um, look at the. Uh, you know, AJ had trouble with it. Now, oh, the franchise number this year. Mm. I think he's well below the franchise number. Is my guess. PFF projects the Chiefs the third best offensive line this season. So I know you could say, well, there might have been those situations in your past twenty some games. Was there? I don't know. So it's one of those things. I'm not going to dismiss it totally, but this doesn't feel like the perfect spot for it. Well, franchise I, tag for tackles, eighteen million. Brown is at sixteen million per year. Yeah, so he's like like the eighth, you know, that's probably eighth or ninth, right? He's the 17th highest paid tackle in the NFL. That's a bargain, right? So, I mean, I'm just saying is the market didn't want him. Left and right, so that's about eighth, yeah. yeah. How, how old is he? Uh, I mean, seventh year maybe? Because he was at, oh, maybe sixth because he was at um, the Ravens. All right, so it'll be, 27. So it'll be yeah. in this prime the whole contract, yeah. 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 And, well, you know, so all I'm saying is is I love the trend. This is a time I'm not sure it applies, but I respect it. You know, and and also I'm looking at these wide receivers, and I'm like, I understand Mahomes is so good, but at some point, I mean, we're looking at all these other teams that potentially were going to fall off because they lost their number one wide receivers, but Mahomes can lose all of them, you know? Yeah, and, and last year it went from 11 and a half two years ago to 10 and a half. And now, still no top receiver. Wait, it's wait, back wait. to 11 and a half. Do you think they might have um, answered the questions? Well, yeah. they won 14 games, so yeah. Okay, that's why it's not magic that it's gone. I mean, could you imagine what kind of betting this win total would have gotten if they opened it up at a, a 10.7? Yeah, it is interesting how they did, but they did last year. And you're like you said, the expectation was they would fall off, Harry and they Hill didn't at all. might have been the most valuable receiver during those In fact, I think he was probably during those years in Kansas City with Mahomes of any in the league. You take get rid of him. This was a rebuilding year this mm-hmm. just past year and they still won and he had a high ankle sprain. I mean, yeah, they're, they're he's special. What's the Chris Jones situation? Is he signed? Is he is he still doing the hold in or whatever? I don't think there's been a change. To me, th- yep. that's the issue. He mm-hmm. is instrumental yeah. on that team, on defense, obviously. And I also think this, and people have said this, you got uh, maybe the best tight end of all time, but he's about as old as Gronk. Gronk's been retired three times. He's, I think he's older. He's 33. Is he 33. older than Gronk? He's and older than Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, I mean, it's Gronk's not, 32. I mean, how many? No, I don't know. Gronk's 34. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like I said, almost as old as Gronk, but <laughs> but but the wall's coming. And Gronk played only like two thirds of the games, and the, and, and well, Kelsey yeah. doesn't miss any games. He just. But keeps... the real question is: typically, when do tight ends drop off? What is yeah. the aging curve? And it's it's before now. And and he's got a ton of of tread on the tires, you know, with all those playoff but games. But he probably played as games. well in the playoffs last year or the, sure. the second half as he has ever. So if I think there's an X factor with Kelsey. It can only go down. It can't mm-hmm. go up. Um, I don't think you can worry about the receivers because they did it. The whole two high was built to stop Kansas City, right? It mm-hmm. really pretty much. At least it became more popular post for Fangio and what he did against the Rams um, and golf, but I'll tell you this, 
he played against it better than anyone last year. I mean, if you, or right up there, if not better than anyone. He's so the master. They, and Reed's good at this, they too. Taking everything what, they take him, what they, they give him, right? They took away his best receiver, and he had one of he won the MVP. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the receivers are the issue. Well, he's not going to get better. He doesn't have to. But they won 14 exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't love the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think this, here's the thing I'm hearing people say. There's a chance. Because if you look, Kansas City's special teams and defense, if you compare it to other great quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, who supposedly didn't have great D's a lot of time, mm-hmm. Brady, it's not even San Francisco with Montana. There was a study recently done on this. I think they went all the way back to Aikman with the Cowboys. Oh, and Montana with the 49ers and Young with the 49ers. By far the worst defensive special teams of any of these elite quarterbacks has been KC during this era. And they think it's a, maybe a top 10 D this year is what they're saying. Mm. So, again, Jones is a question. Mm-hmm. I think that they that the offense may drop off if Kelsey shows his age. I think this D might be elite. You know, like um, – you know, I keep hearing people talk about projected units. Does anyone have a site they, they like to say? No, you were saying. I just P- yeah, I use PFF. So yeah. what's PFF got just for defense? I'll look it up. You know, but again, I think that the D, we got to have them overall as the fourth rated roster. Fourth rated. Does that count quarterback or outside of quarterback? That's everybody. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, that's just total one, roster. Three. Eagles are the best roster. 49ers are the second best well, roster. Well, then I, I, I bet if you dig in there, they're saying they're not looking. They're either not waiting the quarterback or – because that's an interesting question. Do you make the quarterback worth – what is he worth? Ten times as much as the next play or, or six times? As, well, let's think. A great non-quarterback's worth one point and, and a, a great, great quarterback's, quarterback's worth, worth eight. Nine. Yeah. yeah, it's eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. So – if they're, if they're waiting the quarterback, I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. If they're taking every player's worth one player, yeah, okay. Yeah, I would assume that they're not waiting the quarterback. I think they're just t- yeah. just overall looking at the roster. Okay. Yeah. So did you find it? They don't do it by d- offense and defense. They do it by unit. So, like, their, their uh, defensive so, line is 14th. I'm uh-huh. looking up linebacker right now. Anything else? That's it. McKenzie, anything else on uh, the Chiefs? All right, the, the last pick. Let's Con- see. It might be a crossover. Let's hope not. Contrarian. It's not a crossover. It ah. is an over, of course. Las Vegas Raiders over. We are fading. Ooh, the biggest line move in this division, they were open 7.2. They've gone down to 6.2. You know what? I'm going to say bullshit here. This is like, this doesn't make sense to me. So the Raiders are lined the same as the Houston Texans. The, the, the dumpster diving Houston Texans. The Raiders have a good offense. The Raiders have a bad defense. The to 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 price them like they had to have two bad units makes no sense to me. And I think you brought up the great point. What's the Raiders' biggest scenario where they win four games? Jimmy G gets hurt week five. They don't have a backup quarterback. Well, Connell's played great in the preseason. So how do you look in game two? I didn't see. So solid, solid. Yeah, Ten yards to throw, no mistakes. The whole the whole team. So d- maybe he's getting coached up. Maybe it happens sometimes. No, you're a skeptic. I will, uh, yeah, but he. I was expecting him to look terrible in game two, and he he impressed me. And I don't want to overreact again to preseason, but I do think you can't just like completely ignore it. And by the way, the marketplace does completely ignore it. You've seen almost no movement in all these seasonal win numbers. You were scoffing at me when I said it last week. Yeah, you remember? I remember. And mm-hmm. I and then and then you made your case about it, and I was like, I was like, you know, that's. 
about sharp. the backup quarterback. I, I even said that was like I don't know. I don't think I'd made it dream worthy. But the more the more I look at this, it's like, well, what have the Raiders it's been driving your pick? It what have they like. been lined at in prior years? You know, they've been mm-hmm. lined like you know seven and a half, eight win team. We've been like we like them under, and now they're at six point two. Give me a break. The Raiders won six. They were terrible last year. They no, won the six running games. back situation. Josh Jacobs. I think he's, he's expected play. to report. Yeah. Okay. Every, by all. By Won't all. He get traded. <laughs> no, that's just this week. He's expected to to be on the team. You'd say yeah. what eighty five percent that he'll be there opening day. Mm-hmm. Scott, some, some I think more now. How yeah, isn't he? That, yeah. Oh, maybe opening day. Maybe they'll miss one game. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to be a little cautious with All these right. high percentages after the expensive mistake I made with the Niners last. Uh, you worried about the coach? Hasn't had any. I mean, like this guy's failed and failed again. I mean, it's. I'd much rather have Josh McDaniels in completely than someone who hasn't coached before. And like you, know? you always say, like you said, Sean Payton trusted this guy. Bill Belichick trusted Josh McDaniels. As an OC. Mm. Lombardi was like an OC type, right? I, I don't want Lombardi head coaching or anything. You know, what's interesting, too, is the chemistry just seems to be – like the Raiders have had this dark cloud over them with tragedy and, and the whole rugs thing. And this is like the first time – you know, the Gruden disaster. It seems like this is the first time that the whole franchise is like – like embracing well, the coming all, football season. You were here on SOV National or or Fox when I said, "Hey, this is a genius move by the Raiders getting Gruden because they have one goal: bridge themselves to Vegas." It wasn't a disaster. They got to Vegas. Now, yeah. obviously, it was unfortunate what happened and financially, it's been a huge success yeah, for sure. And here's the thing about Gruden: he was brought in to install the offense in New Orleans. Um, you know, with, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, Carr. Carr, yeah. So if, if he was persona non grata, would he be brought in and, in, in, you know, in the light of day? Uh, it does seem like there's been a – and he's, su- he's a, the aggressor in the lawsuit. Hmm. So I don't – you know, I don't know. I really typically don't believe just having been around college sports, and this has been – since I really was around it, it's been seven, eight, maybe even almost ten years – there's such an African American culture in football that if you really didn't like, if you were a, a you know stone cold, I'm not saying Gruden didn't say something that was inappropriate. I just don't. A lot of people liked. I mean, remember he was at ESPN. I just don't think you could hide a racist like that, right? So I mean, I think again, it was probably justified. He, you know, I think it was justified. He got fired. It, it was an unfortunate phrase. Um, I. I yeah, well, it's a whole other conversation, but it does seem interesting. I mean, think about how high that guy was riding. And it was in an email. And who was it to? I can't Bruce remember. Allen. Okay, the so the guy that Lombardi does. Commanders. Okay. So, the yeah. So, McKenzie, I mean, obviously, you know, you speak for the millennials. You speak for people of color yeah. here. I mean, how like, would you root for a team that had Gruden as a coach? Yeah, I mean, he uh, was the first employer of my cousin Kyle. I have no personal animus towards Gruden, but I separate uh, racist actions that should be reprimanded versus the binary of someone's racist or not. I don't, I don't believe in no, putting point. people into those buckets. Well, you, you do believe. You, you're saying you don't want to force them into buckets. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an interesting point, right? Is 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 wasn't Kyle the playmake or the play caller? Quality control to, guy, yeah. Yeah, and, and and that Gruden had the most complex offense at the time, and it was the most uh, expansive, maybe voluminous. Yeah, okay, interesting conversation. I I just from what I hear, and these are whispers, and and maybe you guys have heard, is Goodell hates Gruden. Mm. 
And I, of, there was su- supposedly like, what were there, 2 million emails? Did I hear that no, right? No, only 600,000, I oh, think. 600,000 <laughs> emails were in the Washington system they reviewed, and only one got released. Hmm. So I got to think there was a few other things that j- objectionable in, in the 600,000 emails. I'm glad you're not reading all my emails I've ever sent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think most people, I mean, I think we found out with the hacks or whatever, you know, it's so, it's funny. I'll be honest with you in any business, I mean, personal emails, you know, yeah. I've never sent a business email that I would have a problem with it being shown. Now, I might have been in a position where I was critiquing a, a, an employee and 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 I was being harsh, but eventually they heard it. it but it was nothing. I've never said anything because I always assumed they would get ready. Well, that's some what point. they say. Yeah. Right before you hit send, assume it's going to the entire company. Yeah, right? and, and and I mean, but I've been thinking like that since 1997. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they, they they used to tell us that at um, when I was when I was working in corporate America. And let's be honest, if that that dead spin thing would have went a lot worse if I didn't think like that. Sure. <laughs> when I had a you know one year investigation and they they couldn't come up with anything, um, what do you think of this Raiders situation? I think it's I'm more bullish on the Raiders than I was. You want to change your the pick pre-season. now that you've heard it? No, okay. I, I I'm still happy with the Chargers, but I I'm a, a big part of this is the preseason. The two everything it, has gone as good as it could go, right? Yeah, and maybe I'm getting I'm getting suckered in, but Jimmy Garoppolo looks better than I thought, and Aiden O'Connell is the backup. Like I. Would have thought that they've got a bad backup situation, and now I, I don't think that they do. Yeah, that's a big. I was yeah. All right, so let's. By the uh, way, the Chiefs were fourth in linebackers and eighth in uh, secondary. So t- t- two top tens and a fourteen. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay, so why don't we go through now, and we'll have each uh, AJ you read if if you, uh, whoever you think is ready, Fez you'll read. So let's do the East. Fez, you guys go first. AFC East, Buffalo, two units under. Jets, one unit. Oh, correction, 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 correction. Jets, two units over. The over was the best bet. Buffalo, one unit under. I'm sorry about that. Let's see if there's any crossover. Uh, Dolphins, under, two units. And Jets, over, one unit. Okay. Continue. North. Let's go to the north. We're going Cincinnati Bengals, under, two units. Cleveland Browns over one unit. All right, let's see. Bengals under two units. Steelers <laughs> over one unit. Okay, now it couldn't happen three in a row, could it? We'll see. Fez? All right, AFC West will go. Can- no, 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 no. We want to go to the south. Oh, I'm just flying. Going the order of the schedule or the standings. It's striking midnight for poor Fez here. So AFC South, we're going to go the Houston Texans under for two units and Tennessee over one unit. We went Colts under two units, All right. Titans over one unit. Okay, now. Three for this, three. At this point, I did the switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. So you read first. Uh, we did the two units under on the Broncos, one unit over on the Chargers. Okay, now this should continue. And Kansas City under for two units, Las Vegas over for one unit. What, huh? what happened? Four different teams. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. That they were listening. <laughs> we were I, listening to you before. I didn't think you were, but I knew. I somehow knew if I did that, it would go. I told that. you I'd write my picks. I, I wrote my picks down before we started. I was like, but but yeah, because well, no, you wrote those two picks down, and right. they didn't match. So what did you show? I well, you're right. And, and how much are these guys going to have to pay us again? Right, so. <laughs> we're only going to pay RJ. Don't worry. Uh, okay, so I I went against you. What two different ones? Right, I went. They went Colts under, 
I went Colts over. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting a discount right there. And you went Broncos over. Bron- uh, Fez, the more I look at it, the more I like that Broncos over. You, you, you think Wilson's not— did, I think Wilson's going to be as NFL good as Deshaun D- Watson. Oh, well, Deshaun Watson can still run. I mean, But what Wilson I'm saying can't. is I think Watson could be 14th, 15th. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Russell. Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson. I think Watson's better than Wilson. Now. Okay, but what I'm saying, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Is If Russell Wilson is the 14th best quarterback, what, how many games does Denver win with Sean Payton and a, and a top 5D? Oh, they win 10 games. So, what's the – I mean, don't you think it's at least 50% that he's going to be an average quarterback? Yes. Yeah, it almost feels – this is one we're going to look back on and, and say – it's you're scared to because it was such a disaster last year. But you got a guy coming in that's not only skilled, he's taking an aggressive approach. The Colts, I'm not surprised that you went against us on. This one surprises me because I haven't heard you say a positive thing about Russell Wilson in like yeah, you, you the two full years I've been working here. Well, that's yards. because he, yeah. he's like saying you shouldn't be the MVP. I mean, I think he might. I think he might get benched even, and yeah. still this goes yeah. over mm-hmm. because remember they paid a lot of money for Jared Stidham. Stidham looked great at the. Remember, Belichick thought he could. Wasn't start. there the stat if they just scored twenty one points? That's yeah. the Jets. Oh, that was no. The but they had. I think there was one if they had scored one more touchdown oh, in the yeah, game yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Raiders are tied with the Texans as the worst team in the AFC at six point. See, who would you bet? Raiders Texans neutral site. I mean, if it was Pickham, I would bet big on the Raiders. I would too. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But remember, the Raiders injury risk is a big part of theirs because we don't know about the quarterback. Yeah. I think there's been an upgrade. All right, boys, here's what I'm going to do. I trust you guys. So I'm going to wrap this show up, and I'm going to let you guys take the second one. All right. All right. Animal House, you screwed up. You trusted us. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, Any closing thoughts? Now, remember, it's going to be 1,000 per team for both the AFC and the NFC. We got two fades here. No, did you want to fade any of their stuff? So we're going to win 1,000 or 500? It's it's a combined $1,000. So we only win the 500. Oh. What do you mean oh. you only win? No, combined is in you two as team members. Oh, okay. There's going to be 2,000 yes. in the pot. 2,000 in the pot. 500 per person with you four. Does that make yeah, sense? So you only win 500. Each. Each. Yeah, you only win 500 yeah. each. Okay. Yeah. You're being greedy, Fez. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a jumbo bat for this. You know You know what we should probably we're, we're go, do? We should all go to Barry's and celebrate you when know, these guys pay. You, Barry's? What is that? That's the um, restaurant. And Scott, you've been there, right? It's the Steakhouse in Circa. All right. So, oh, is that right? Is it, basement, okay. right? In the basement. Boy, Barry's doesn't sound like a great place. It is. There's a pizza no, I believe shop like it. two blocks from me. Not a great place. Not a great place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, you know as, a, as an owner of a chain. <laughs> all right. So, um... I think we should consider maybe going 500 for the AFC, five for the NFC. May I don't know. Next week we can decide for sure. Uh, all right. So same thing next week. Feds, you're not going against one of their picks. No. But I think the crossfire stay open to next week. Meaning, if you want to go again, yeah, let's. You know, why not? Like you can study and yeah, stuff. Well, an injury yeah. could happen, and we want to crossfire. Oh no, that's an interesting. We're doing the new market number. If if something happens, we if we're not crossfiring now, we got to use the market number next week. If we, yeah, that's a fair point. And then that would handle it, yeah, right? Sure, sure. All right, all right, Fez, take us out. Hey, hey, be careful out there. And remember, there's another episode. Who needs RJ?